Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly? My name is Arnaldo, I'm your host, and I'm joined by... Berto, co-host. But um, we usually talk about movies. Yeah, we've been doing a bunch of uh, random shit We've been lately. getting a little experimental, you know, <laughs> just... I was looking at our episode list and it goes like, the you know, the last movie we touched was Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then right. like we did like a review and then like another random thing then a Christmas thing and then like the <laughs> Phantom Awards. And then today we're not and doing a movie. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done like a more traditional episode. Yeah. And if that's what you're into, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, kind of like a break, yeah. but we're still putting <laughs> shit out. And like on a podcast, you can just not click on that episode. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if it's, it's not, something that's not interesting yeah. to you, you can skip it. It's not like you tuned in to, like, TV on a week and they're like, hey, instead of the normal show, we're going to just experiment for a while this and do something different. This is a bottle episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, this is, this is our bottle episode. <laughs> on that note, we are doing a video game, which we have never done before. It's a brand new concept. Yeah. But, start from the beginning. We are live on Twitch. We record every episode on Twitch. And that's something we started doing like six months ago maybe a little bit even doing time a is a son of a bitch i don't yeah, know really how long is. it's been <laughs> but in effort to just kind of like still be streaming on twitch we started playing video games uh yeah. and we started with marvel's spider-man the playstation 4 game because we were kind of in the spider-man moment and we're like let's invest some time on twitch by playing spider-man because yeah, there was a little indie movie coming out called spider-man no way home yeah have you heard of it have you seen it if not, I mean, you should check it out. It's it's yeah. decent. Yeah, we saw it. We There's a review. <laughs> <laughs> and as we were wrapping it up, we did it for like four weeks. So we just took a big break. And then we came back. We did the Phantom Awards. That's available now. Because the game is so good. And it's so cinematic. Yeah. And if you just watch the cutscenes, you can basically treat it like a movie. A very long movie, but... Yes, not a, a short movie. A movie, nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were just like, what if we treat this like a movie and like did an episode on it? Yeah. Kind of like a regular style episode kind of like what we usually do even though it's not a movie it's not forgotten it's one of the most popular video games ever basically <laughs> at least in the last like five years and honestly well deserved yeah spoiler we liked it yeah <laughs> so here's how this is gonna go i think play a game on some days on twitch and if it's really good and we finish it like a superhero game right then we can we can recap the plot and talk about the game and do the whole thing like we're yeah. doing today especially we're with stuff like you know we also have like like Miles Morales, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, and Guardian—that's a brand new game that came out over. That came out like a November few months or ago. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Arkham games we can play now for you know it's Batman season pretty soon. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of stuff we can do. So it's like uh, obviously we want to make sure that we have fun doing it too. So yeah, and you have recently unearthed every single like <laughs> superhero video game from the last like twenty years. Yeah, I've um from like PlayStation Four. <laughs> like just I found some stuff and then I went hunting for some more stuff. So now I have a shit ton of just comic book based video games and I'm uh planning on doing something with all that. Maybe something that can uh make our YouTube channel a little more enticing to people. Ooh, make it spicy. Yeah. I feel like you had a Field of Dreams moment where you were like, I don't know why I'm collecting all these games, but I'm going to collect them all and then something will occur to me. <laughs> I will build it and they will come. Yes. Uh, so I think what we're going to do is background 
for the game, right? Because this is kind of a new format, right? Then we're going to talk about the plot of the game. Right. As we usually would. And then for analysis, we can talk about gameplay. We can talk about how the game makes us feel. (laughs) All kinds (laughs) of things. There's a spinoff. There's sequels coming. That kind of thing. I don't see any reason to put it into a fandom zone situation or not. Because... We wouldn't have played the game if we didn't love it. We would have stopped. We would have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, if we got to this point where we played it enough, beat it, yeah, enjoyed the narrative enough to be like, let's treat it like a movie and record an episode about it, then yeah, it's got to be good. So there's no point in us being like, oh no, this game sucks. No, I might <laughs> do some stuff with games that suck. Yeah, and absolutely, and and you can bring games over and we can play <laughs> games that suck together. That's great. I would love to do that, <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit and record a podcast about it. Is all I'm saying. No, yeah, that's and that's understandable. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the background for this game. Did I really introduce this game very well? Okay, so <laughs> so let's <laughs> talk about the background for this. It's a little game. indie game. Yeah. <laughs> For this game, it was called Marvel Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, remastered for the PlayStation 5 from 2018. If you can find a PlayStation 5. Yeah, right. If you can do that. You can play the superior version of it. The- well, it looks incredible. <laughs> I've I've seen people play it, like on Twitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, PS5s are unreal. Too bad you can't find one. Yeah, we'll see. But, oh, um... <laughs> over a year later, and they're still... All right, so this game, made by Insomniac, their first Spider-Man title. Yes. And, and really, what I think a lot of this game is, is they're just piggybacking off of all the Activision 3D games, which I want to talk about. Okay. Um, they're basically continuing that idea that the and Activision games have improving upon it greatly, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they use that as the kind of formula, mm-hmm. and then they also inserted a ton of Arkham into this game. Oh, absolutely. This is a very um, Arkham-inspired game. Yes. I really think this is just an up-to-date Activision Spider-Man with Arkham elements that they stole, but also, and this is why we're talking about this game today, an incredible story. Yeah. Like, you can see the development of Spider-Man all the way back to the first 3D Spider-Man game. Uh, Spider-Man. I have a list here, Spider-Man by Neversoft Entertainment, the guys that made Tony Hawk. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, In the year 2000 for PlayStation N64 and Dreamcast and PC. Yes. Uh, This was a game that was loosely based on the on the tv show i think like they use the same they use the same voice actor they use the same like art style like the way yeah. everything looked was very much inspired by the tv i don't know if it's in the same like canon as the tv show uh-huh could be stan lee does the stan lee does the narration narration yeah i had this on n64 oh this game is uh kind of great right you, it's great i replayed recently it recently played it. it's kind of difficult a lot of it might be because of dated controls though yeah and it wasn't fully open world, but it was the first game to put Spider-Man in 3D. And there, yes. there's like 20 Spider-Man games that came and, out and before this. And that was a, like the year 2000, so 3D gaming is still relatively new at this point. Yeah. Like less than a decade old. Right, right, right. But so. definitely ambitious. I remember really small map. You only needed the map to use from like place to place within each level, right? Because it's still level-based. It's still level-based, yeah. And then uh, the whole time you just have a compass kind of telling you where to go. Right. His Spidey Compass, he calls it. Yeah. I just remember <laughs> spending a lot of time, because again, it's a really small map. The Sony building is there. <laughs> and it might be because it's it, PlayStation was like the big one or whatever. But the Sony building in New York is the building that has the big kind of like this thing. Oh, yeah. On it. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's been in it's every... It's in the first spi- level. It's, yeah. It's in the first <laughs> level. And it's been in every Spider-Man game since. And I think that's kind of why, because they don't have... They probably didn't have to license... The building. No, it was probably right? just easy to use. And also, like, it's a 
pretty unique looking building. And it's always fun in like Spider-Man games. Yeah. But there are two sequels to that game that I didn't know existed until today. Have you played those? I own one of them. I haven't played it before. The Enter Electro one I own. Uh-huh. There was one on the Game Boy, the Sinister Six, that I haven't played. And Mysterio's Menace. That is actually technically the third game in Well, that's a Game series. Boy game, though. It is. But yeah, Spider-Man Mysterio's Menace is considered the third game in this little trilogy, though. But it's and not like 3D, right? No, it's just a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> yeah. But I guess story-wise, yeah. And and then after these games, we moved on to like the movie tie-ins. Yes. But what I think is kind of crazy about uh, the 2002 Spider-Man game, which is the first movie's tie-in game, mm. is that it feels exactly like that last game. The gameplay is almost the same. The only real difference is just like the way it looks. We were talking about this literally yesterday because we do hang out outside of the podcast. Like not everything we say to each other is recorded and published, <laughs> uh, but we were hanging out. We we're talking about video games and there was like about 10 years ago was kind of the end of every major movie needed a video game to go with it to yeah. like tie in because they weren't doing, they well. weren't good. Yeah. There's so much pressure to build a game that'll match a movie. But for one, the movie is never done fast enough in order to yeah. make the game, games take a long time to build. Yeah, and the issue is the games are always having to be rushed out in order to meet this impossible deadline of when the movie's going to come out. Yeah, and a lot of times also the movie is either being rewritten, reshot, <laughs> yep. like on the day. We know how, I mean, we talk about this. This is kind of how movies get made. A lot of times they're recut in the edit. They don't know how the movie is going to go basically until a few months before the movie comes out and the game is due. So they basically have to build the game and then have it tie in very loosely if they want release dates to be anywhere near each other. Right. You know, and that's why you get a lot of games where they're very loosely based. Like they're they're yeah. official tie-ins, but the plot of the game never matches the plot of the movie. No. The ones I tend to like are the ones that like take place like after the movie where it's like, oh, the events of the movie happened and then this happened. Here's some other interesting stuff. Yeah. Those tend to work better for yeah. me. Well, here's a really, probably maybe the best example of a video game tie-in. Did you ever play Enter the Matrix? I have not. I know quite a bit about it, but I've never played it. So it's a video game that was released concurrently with the movies. It's canon, right? It is canon. And you don't play as any of the main characters. You play as the side characters. And they have their own adventures that tie in. But it serves as a supplementary material yeah. to the movie. And they filmed scenes for it too, right? And they filmed full scenes with the with the actors and stuff. Yeah. That's not in the movie. So it's not like they took shots from the movie and put it in the game. No, the cut scenes are additional footage that they filmed in the movie set specifically, specifically for, for the, the game. It's very interesting. And if I remember correctly, like people are like, oh yeah, the story is cool. But it's like the gameplay feels like, eh. I really enjoyed the gameplay, but it was... It was a long time ago. Like, who knows if you pick it up now? It might be a yeah, little wonky. It was, wonky. what, like 2004? Yeah. It yeah. might be wonky. I think it was 03. 03? Oh, shit. Anyway. So what I think is super interesting about this one is that they made, between this and the sequel, one of the best, like, movie tie-in video games ever. It's like this and GoldenEye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the game was already there. They had been developing this game for years already. All they did was reskin it. <laughs> you know, like, updated graphics. It was for the next generation console. And the theme is the movie version. Yeah. Characters and it's very loose plot, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember most of that game is like, has nothing to do with the movie. And then there's like oh, two like or three. fighting other villains. Yeah. yeah. There's like two or three levels that tie in. And you can tell that that was the stuff that they just did at the last minute to make it 
match to make it a movie game yeah i remember my favorite some of my favorite levels on the game because that one is level based weren't in the movie (laughs) no they were just really fun levels that you could tell those are the levels they put a lot of time into and like you free swing so like the swinging is just kind of like you're webbing the, the sky. sky. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of the same motion. You're basically over and flying, over but there's an yeah. animation where you're shooting webs. But there were also really good physics in that game. And there were there I remember there were all kinds of little where you could like practice jumping and landing on platforms and shooting things while you fly. And you yeah. could also play the game back as a green goblin. Yeah. I which think was also awesome. You did you have to beat the game or did you have to put in a cheat code? I think Or both. both. Okay. I think you could do the cheat code or you could unlock it if you beat the game. Okay. You're playing through the same game again. You're just you're the Green Goblin, but he plays a little bit differently because he has his glider. And he's got guns. Yeah, he just <laughs> fly around and shoot people, honestly. Yeah. It was awesome. I <laughs> love that game. Well, and then after that, we get what people actually do consider one of the best movie tie-in games ever. It was a Spider-Man 2 game. Yes. They developed a whole new way of web swinging specifically for that game. That's kind of the... I think it's patented, yeah. too. Two- oh, really? Yeah, like that game mechanic. Probably the two biggest things that made that game what it is is the swinging mechanic. Yep. And the open world sandbox yes. in a huge map. Obviously not to scale Manhattan, but at it the time felt it like felt it. like it. It yeah. felt humongous. You'd never seen a map that big. No. You know? Maybe like Grand Theft Auto Three or well, something. Yeah, and I was gonna bring up Grand Theft Auto Three because it's not like Spider Man two invented the sandbox open world game. No, it's already been a thing. Popularized by Grand Theft Auto, but you know, Grand Theft Auto is an adult game. It's not for kids. Yeah. Even though we played it as kids. Um, I did. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but, you know, Spider-Man 2 took that concept and applied it to their game. And now you have Spider-Man roaming the entire city. You can no longer swing freely. You have to plan your swinging. You yep. have to be near buildings. It was very physics-based. Um, yeah. You can deliver pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can't do, like, flips while you swing or the pizza will get messed up. Briar, like, 30 minutes or your ass is fired. <laughs> Just like the movie. Just like the movie. Spider-Man 3 I really liked, but I know Most it's not don't. popular. It's essentially the same game. I don't see why people like view it that negatively. Then it it's buggy. It's a anything. lot buggier. I don't think I had any bugs. Um what I liked about it is that it looks ugly. It's an ugly game. I thought it looked exactly like the last one. Maybe I'm misremembering. <laughs> what I liked about that one is that at a certain point in the game you unlock the black suit. Right. And then you run faster, you swing faster, the camera gets shaky. I he's thought all stronger. that he's stronger. I thought all <laughs> that was really interesting. But the same companies ended up making the Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 games. In between those there were some other ones. There's a cel-shaded there one. There was uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which is a cel-shaded one, which is basically Spider-Man 2 like gameplay wise. It's very similar, yeah. Yeah. Just it took the story of the Ultimate Spider-Man comics and did a thing with that. So you had Venom in that, which is cool. And then uh the last one that was made by Treyarch was Web of Shadows, which plays a lot into like the symbiotes and the black suit and stuff. That's another one of those games that's very expensive to find. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are split on that game. So a lot of people think it's really fucking great. A lot of people think it's terrible. And then Shattered Dimensions was the first game made by a new studio that Activision brought in called Beanox. Okay. They did uh, Shattered Dimensions, which was... It can be considered the game that inspired the like Spider-Verse storyline, yeah, both yeah. comics and the movie. So you have Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, and Spider-Man 2099, all in the same game. It goes back to the level-based, which was a little weird because the past like three Spider-Man or four Spider-Man games have all been open world. Yeah. 
but, but people liked it. It had a good reason too. Like it had right. Like, yeah, it had a good reason too because like you're playing as different characters in their own worlds. Uh-huh. They weren't gonna make like four separate open. That's a lot to do. And then there was Edge of Time, and then the Amazing Spider-Man tie-in games. Yes. Which the first one was considered good. I bought that game, and I had fallen off from Spider-Man games for a while since like Spider-Man Three, mm-hmm. but I was really hoping that it was. Another kind of classic Spider-Man game, like the ones we've been it, talking it about. It sort of is. It tries to. It's the first one that starts to use combat somewhat inspired by Arkham, though. Yeah. Like the free-flowing combat yeah, type okay. deal, and then like the countering and stuff like that. Yep, yeah, yep, 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 yep. The Amazing Spider-Man 1 was the first game that tried it. It's a little clunky, but it's not terrible. Was that the one that you had to do left trigger to swing with your left hand and right trigger to swing with your right hand? Or am I making this up? Did this ever happen? I think... No, I think that was Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2? No, like regular Spider-Man 2, you had to... Really? Yeah, you had to use both hands. I think you're right, because then you could have the option of doing both at the same time, and he was swimming yeah, both. Yeah, and, and you can like just hold... You can just yeah, sit there like that. Yeah, if you didn't let go, you would just stop. <laughs> yeah. I think that was Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man had... I think it does the swinging from the sky again, kind of. No, no, it? You, you, no you have to be no, on the building. It, it has to be near stuff. The thing with Amazing Spider-Man was the camera shaky angle. Cam. It had the shaky cam when you swung. That's the only it, thing I didn't like about that I didn't game. like that at all. The rest of the game was actually pretty good. We were just talking about this off <laughs> mic or whatever. Yeah. But that first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and we talked about this in that movie episode, that movie had the least popular Spider-Man suit. Which sucks, because that's one of my favorite suits. Me too. My, mine same. But yeah, no. Even today, a lot of people don't like it. And two biggest things, I think, it's... The lens color and the lack of belt. Yeah. Because once you take that belt off, yeah, it, it has a nice kind of like flow to the costume. It gives it like a, a wetsuit look. Yeah. yeah. But it's not a very Spider-Man looking costume. As soon as you take the belt off, it's almost like it doesn't look like Spider-Man anymore. You know what right. I mean? And apparently, we were just talking about this, maybe it was an issue in the studio too. <laughs> because as soon as you turn that game on, it's like, all right. Pick a difficulty level. Pick if you want to wear a belt or not. They took the costume and they slapped a belt on it just to resolve this thing. Honestly, the costume looks weird with the belt on it, I think. It does. I took it off. I said no belt. But yeah. it's weird. I've never seen a game do that up front. It's like, hey, very minor detail. Do you detail. want it to look like the movie or does that bother you? <laughs> like, which ridiculous camp do you fall into before we start this game we need to know? It's like we were just playing, obviously, this game. And I play vertical inverted camera. Oh, always. I can't do that shit. And you don't. So when you play a game, like you have to go deep into the settings to find that and turn it off. This was not one of those. It was, you turn the game on, belt or no belt. <laughs> it's so weird. I guess it was just that big of an issue. Um, <laughs> and then we have Amazing Spider-Man 2. That one's garbage. That one is considered not good. I remember I not got a, hating it. I got a refund from for that game. I only played it for about 10 minutes. Oh, I, was I like, enjoyed it. And thank God I kept my copy because that's another game that's very difficult to find. See, I mean, it's not a fantastic game, but I mean, I liked it for what it was. It seemed like worse the, than the first one. It was worse than the first one. Okay, well. <laughs> the swinging was better, though, which is weird. Okay. <laughs> so the swinging was better. Everything else was pretty much worse. Carnage is the main villain in that game. Oh, that's very interesting. It's very interesting because it also loosely follows the story of the second movie. Right. But again, they have to add so much other shit to like yeah. fill it out and stuff. Which is something the actually previous game didn't do. The Amazing Spider-Man 1, that game served as like one of those things I was talking about where it takes place after the movie. Uh-huh. Which I liked. I thought it was really interesting. But none of it's canon after 
The Amazing Spider-Man As soon as the sequel comes out. Yeah. yeah. So Which, I was like, eh, whatever. Whatever. But yeah, after that, we didn't have Spider-Man games for a few years. And then... Um, and then basically then, this. I guess uh, Sony allowed Insomniac the license to this. Because Insomniac, they worked on like uh, Spyro the Dragon and like all those games. Oh. The sequel, and what was that called? Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage? No, 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 no. The Skylanders? Skylanders. I don't know if they did Skylanders. But they did Spyro, Ratchet and Clank, the Resistance series, which is like an alternate history alien invasion during World War II thing, which is interesting, but it wasn't as popular. Cool. And then they made uh, this game, and this game is very popular, and now they are working on a sequel and a Wolverine game that supposedly takes place in the same universe. Not to mention the Maz Morales spinoff. Apparently started off as DLC, but I guess it just got so big they just made it like a standalone yeah. thing. It feels more like an expansion, I guess. Well, they sold it for a smaller price, too. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks cheaper, so it was like a $40 sense, game. Yeah. Also, very good game. Yeah. You should play it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to play it next. I'm <laughs> just trying to 100% this game. But yeah, let's get into this game. Marvel Spider-Man 2018 on the PlayStation 4, now also 5. Let's get into the plot of... Um, I keep wanting to say the movie. This is not a movie. The plot a of video the movie game. of the video game. Yeah. And this might go a little bit longer than usual because video games are longer. Like, there's a lot more hours of exposition that they put into this. And there's some... Yeah. In a movie, a lot of the fat would have gotten cut out. You know, it's not designed the same way. No. And, like, in the case of a video game, I guess all the fat would be, like, the gameplay. Yeah. And not only that, the plot is created in a way to serve a player instead of a viewer. Like, it's different to want to do something and want to see it be done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. action sequences last way longer. Obviously, there's more of them. There's story beats that we're going to get into that, like, don't really serve purposes narratively, but you it gives you more stuff to do in the game. Yeah. Like, pretty much every side mission. Peter Parker is awakened by his police dispatch app, sending backup units to Fisk Tower. He dons his classic Spider-Man suit, and through his mask's computerized heads-up display, he pauses to look at the overdue bill on the floor and the phone still sounding police. He is once again forced to decide to attend to the life of Peter Parker or the responsibilities of Spider-Man. Police Captain Yuri Watanabe warns Spider-Man that in order to take down Fisk, aka Kingpin, they'll have to go by the book. He arrives to Fisk Tower, fights his way inside, and finally fights Kingpin, who is arrested once and for all, Yelling, in one month, you'll wish I was back. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good intro to the game. This is a great intro to the game, especially if you replay it and you start to see all the foreshadowing. Yeah. In one month from this, narratively, the whole fucking the whole city, city goes crashes. To yeah, everything goes to hell. It's as bad as it can get. Yeah, Kingpin kind of was like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he was also kind of keeping the city in check. I in a weird way. <laughs> I guess. I was watching this, and I'm like, I kind of have to remind myself this is a video game in a comic book universe. Because right. he gets to, and also this is the um, tutorial level. Yeah. Uh, he gets to, like, like a corner on the street. The police is in a firefight with, like, Fisk's guards. And they all have, like, strike team outfits that say, like, Fisk on them. <laughs> and he has, like, like, his own militia. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like... You you go down the street and the police are shooting at people with like just like Donald Trump on on like their vest like that's not legal in any way no. you know well I mean he's breaking the law that's why the cops are here well yeah but like how do you because the thing about Kingpin is that like he always lawyers up he gets he wiggles out of everything yeah. 
you know, you can they can never get him down. He's he's a mafia boss, right? Yeah. But like, it's a whole nother level to just be like, like, how do you can't get out of that? You know what I mean? Like your dudes are mowing down cops. <laughs> And they got your name on them. Yeah, it's, like, a little, some... it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> but again, it's a video game. Try not to think too hard about that. But uh, as far as um, and I'm going to try to focus on the narrative. But I mean, gameplay too. as far as tutorial levels are concerned, this is amazing. Yeah, it's like, a very like super exciting first level of the game. Yeah, like you're thrown right into it. And should also be noted, like at this point, like uh, I think we find out that Peter Parker has been Spider-Man for like quite a few years yeah like eight years or something like something that Something like that. i yeah. remember there's a number yeah it's eight years eight years yeah ben parker died in 2010 okay within the context of this and movie, this, this game, game takes yeah. place in 2018, 2018 when the game came out yeah, yeah 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 peter arrives to work late where his boss dr otto octavius has begun testing a robotic arm without him octavius is strapped into a harness with big cables coming out of his back that connects his brain to a robotic arm Peter, his intern, is helping him design neural-linked robotics to assist physically disabled patients. The machine breaks and smokes up the room, disappointing the board of directors there to renew Dr. Octavius's grant. Peter fixes the machines. So if you don't know who Otto Octavius is... But nobody doesn't know who Otto Octavius <laughs> is, and that's the genius of this fucking game. The whole story keeps on teasing, like, when does he become Doc Ock? When does he become Doc Ock? Because at this point, he and Peter are... Very good friends. Yeah. He's his mentor. He's his boss. Yeah. Like, he, Peter looks up to him. Yeah. And other characters keep telling him, like, you could do whatever you want. You can get another job. You can work at Oscorp. You can work at other places. Like, You're a brilliant Norman scientist. Osborn himself is like, hey, if you want to work for me, you can do it. And then Peter's yeah. like, nah, like, Otto's a good guy. Yeah. But he is exactly where he wants to be. He wants to yeah. be working for Octavius. Oh, and this is a... Because, you know, Marvel is very picky about their universes. Yes. This is universe because this is obviously a whole new thing. 1048. 1048. <laughs> Earth 1040. Or uh, I don't think they go by Earth. I think they just go by universe. Yeah. Earth no, is no, a no, DC they, thing. No, no, no. They, they do. Marvel also goes by Earth. They go by Earth also? Yeah. I, I copied and pasted this and it says oh, okay. Earth 1048. Okay. I think DC also because there's Earth 2 and. DC and has lower numbers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because Marvel <laughs> implies that there's a gajillion of them. Yes. Like the MCU is like 1999. Yeah. Something crazy. And obviously the 616 is like the main universe. It's the main comic book universe. They could have called it one. They went with 616. 616. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think ever in any iteration of comics and Doc Ock and Spider-Man have they had this kind of relationship. Like, No, it's something that felt very unique. Yeah, it did. And it did feel like they are borrowing a, a teensy-winsy bit from the movie Spider-Man 2. Where a little bit. He starts having that relationship with Doc Ock as like maybe a mentor, mm -hmm. Otto, and then he becomes Doc Ock. Yeah, except we have hours of it here, whereas in the movie we have like five minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, again, this game is assuming that you know who Doc Ock is, you know who Otto Octavius is. Yeah, which because, most people right. do. But again, that opening shot of him, he doesn't have the arms on, but he's just standing in front of a bunch of cables and those cables form the four yeah. arms it's, there's a lot of like it's visual foreshadowing yeah, going on here and it's wonderful honestly good stuff man if you think about it this makes way more sense than that spider-man 2 doc ock where he's like 
my main objective is I'm going to invent the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, this <laughs> infinitely renewable energy resource. And oh, by the way, I also invented these crazy fantastical robotic arms just to like help me control that have to be controlled by a neural yeah uplink like that you were jumping through a lot of hoops to like why doesn't you have a robot to do it you know what i mean like you put them on your own why does it have to be you (laughs) but it's like that's the invention right there like the arms you know what i mean yeah not the unlimited power source that you failed to yeah like oh and just like on the side i i invented this incredible thing to help me with it (laughs) I guess, and if you haven't played this game, it should be noted that there are a lot of little puzzle mini games you have to do in order to fix the arms. And... Yeah, because Otto's kind of a bozo in this universe. He's like the big P- picture guy. And... Peter always <laughs> has to go in and fix everything. Yeah, Peter's a little tinker who has to fix all the bugs. <laughs> Yuri asks Spider-Man to repair the potentially hacked police towers, conveniently giving him access to their data, including 50 backpacks Peter littered around the city while in high school. He helps her clean up the streets as his third alias, Spider Cop. Part man, part spider, all cop. <laughs> Spider-Man returns to the lab to repair his suit after Otto steps out for the day, but he walks in on him and sees Spider-Man's suit. He assumes that Peter is working for Spider-Man, making his suits and gadgets. Peter falls asleep working and finds that Otto designed Spider-Man a new, more advanced suit with white accents and an oversized white spider on the front and back. So, um... The police towers, they're like surveillance towers just spread out throughout. Is that a little like Orwellian? You think? <laughs> I think a little bit. I thought it was just a device to uh, give you something to do and open up the map. It is, but like in-universe, like I mean, these are like Breath of police the Wild. surveillance I mean, towers. It's like, oh yeah, we can just detect crime that's going on everywhere. I see it more as like a big GPS kind of thing <sighs> to like triangulate all the cars. And if they say, hey, there's a... You know, we're going this way, and they're like, oh, we got it's, this many. Because they need to see on a screen where all their units are. Right, and... but it's mass surveillance over the entire city. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't... Uh... Did you get the impression that they were hacked by Doc Ock this early on? Because... I don't know. It seemed early within... Because he hadn't started putting the neural link on him that makes him angry and stuff. Yeah, but I, he I think secretly, he was... Spoilers for later on in the, in the game. He secretly has his own base somewhere else in Times Square. He had been doing all kinds of other stuff. That doesn't just all happen at once. He had been building that for a while. And I think at one point he does like get information on maps or something. I think he may have hacked into the police towers because Yuri's like, yeah, someone fucked with these and we don't know who it is. Maybe. I don't know though because the whole um, implication is that it's the arms that kind of like pushed him over the edge to actually like yeah, that the Neuralink isn't working very well, and it kind of gives him a split. It doesn't give him a split personality, but it makes him angry when they're on. Yeah. And he's sort of kind of more reactionary and upset and... Bad guy-ish. Bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, within his side plot, he hasn't plugged in yet. They're still working on the arm independently, right. I think. So unless and, if he's and, doing it while and Peter's Norman not around, hasn't like come back and like pissed him off yet either. That that too. So maybe not. So yeah, I don't think it was Doc Ock, but I don't know if we ever do find out who hacks him. Well, that's the thing. I feel like it's like a kind of a what if it was Norman hanging thread? <laughs> but why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> 
People didn't like the suit when the first trailer came out for this. People didn't like the white spider. It's a big old white spider, right? Just I up front. love this suit. It grew on me playing the game, but when I saw it, I thought it was not like good. too different. I was like, "This is radical." <laughs> like it is very white, but I mean, and, it also and, helps that you start off with the classic suit too. And if you want to during the game, you can switch you, to you whatever can switch you want. Them, and there's a million suits you keep on unlocking, and that's part of the fun of games like this. And I'm glad a lot of games do this now. Is ton of skins. Yeah. Just so many. Especially with like superhero games where like yeah. superheroes have a bunch of costumes yeah. that they switch between. One of my favorite things about the Arkham games is that like they put in every Batman costume imaginable. Yeah. That I think existed. a lot of them look weird on that model, model of Batman because he's like <laughs> he's too big for most of them. Yeah. Because like I'll put on like the Batman Beyond skin. I'm like, this looks wrong. Well, Terry McGinnis is also more slender than Bruce Wayne. He's like a ballerina boy. <laughs> But, yeah, it really came around, and I'm being hypocritical because I'm the one that said these suits should evolve and there could be room for something different as long as you keep on going back to the classics, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it grew you, on me while I played the game. You did say it grew on you, yeah. so, yeah. Yuri has Spider-Man shut down secret Fisk drug sites disguised as construction sites. Using a combination of stealth detective work and all-out brawl combat, Spider-Man puts an end to all of Fisk's operations. Peter arrives at Feast, the food, emergency aid, shelter training, where Aunt May works with her boss, Martin Lee. He distracts her while the others set up a surprise party for her years of service. May wishes Peter and Mary Jane could work things out. That's the first indication you get that, like, uh... He's not they're in not a together, happy yeah. relationship. <laughs> I actually like the Peter and Mary Jane relationship in this game. It I like, feels more like a real one. I really like that this isn't an origin story. It's eight years in... He's been Spider-Man. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. We're not doing. It's we're like, not doing all that. This world is like established and like lived yeah, in already. Lived like in. things have already yeah. happened. And so part of the fun is if you're a Spider-Man fan and you know his rogues gallery, you know his history, you know his side characters. You're waiting for them to pop up and see what the context is, what mm-hmm. this perspective is going to be, or even what their design is going to look like in yeah. this universe, or if he's met them yet. Because I mean, early on in this game, as soon as he puts Fisk away. Like a little screen pops up and it's like, oh, Fisk is going into the raft with all my other nemesis. And you see all the other. You, you see, see like uh, Rhino's locked up, Rhino, Scorpio's locked up. Electro. And Vulture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the guys that like are already, they they already exist. Mm-hmm. And he's already like dealt with them. He's already fought them and everything, yeah. yeah. But simultaneously, we know that Doc Ock hasn't become Doc Ock yet. No. So you're kind of waiting to see like, so okay, like, like yeah, who is are there a goblin characters? in this Is there a goblin? Like, you don't know. Is there a lizard? Is there a black cat? You know? Yeah. What's Mary Jane? Where's Gwen Stacy? Like, who? Where Harry Osborn? Like, where are all these other characters? Mm-hmm. And you do kind of slowly find out where a lot of these people fit into this uh, specific universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of why, like, here where it's it's like we said, like Mary Jane is in this universe, and they've already broken up. Like, it's yeah. not. It didn't work out or something. Yeah. At least he slap her. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Mary Jane investigates Fisk's art estate, looking for clues of money laundering but finds a file on Devil's Breath instead. She almost gets herself killed by some masked thieves as Spider-Man arrives and saves her. Spider-Man notices their antique Asian masks and strangely powered weapons. He and Mary Jane meet up for dinner to discuss their findings and awkwardly catch up. We learn that they haven't spoken much in the last six months since they broke up, and the manager, played by Stan Lee, says it's great to see them together again. Yeah, we have our Stan Lee cameo. That was fun, especially since it's like it's not a guarantee you're playing a game. Yeah. You know? And he hadn't died yet when this game no, came out. No, right? this was, was he... maybe a year before. 
or was this like a posthumous thing where they, he had it recorded and then that could be it too what year did he die was it 2018 because i think for like um into the spider-verse it was like that he had already he, passed. He had already passed and then uh, he sold him the little costume remember it always fits eventually <laughs> zoom into no refunds and he's just smiling <laughs> died in november of 2018 so probably right, right after, after this, after this game, game came out, came yeah. out yeah Spider-Man beats the Shocker, and Peter goes to ask Martin Lee about the mask he found off the thugs called the Demons, and returns to Otto's lab as Osborne shows up to shut down Octavius' funding. He says hi to Peter and mentions that Harry will be back from Europe soon. Peter assures Otto that they can continue their research. I noticed that while Spider-Man was fighting the Shocker, um, you find out that Shocker's working for somebody, and he's very scared of who he's working for. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there are a little, a lot of little clues here. That's what I'm saying. I think he's already doing Doc Ock stuff on the side. I think he was working for the demons at this point, though. Oh, you think? I think so. Because he was saying, like, um, like they're going to kill me if I don't get this money. Oh, the demons, yeah. yeah. That, that might be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man investigates a Fisk site with police officer Jefferson Davis. Together, they find that the demons are ransacking Fisk's weapons. Despite not calling for backup... Come on, dude. Like a normal cop. Like, a, like what a cop should do, yeah. The two successfully stop the demons, and Davis is heralded as a local hero. Peter is evicted from his apartment and crashes on Aunt May's couch at feast after debating staying with MJ. <laughs> I don't think MJ would have let him stay <laughs> Probably at this point. Probably not. <laughs> he was just talking out loud about it. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this game, we're going to talk about it in, when we get to the analysis, though, is the web-swinging this game has a ton of fast travel points. Yeah. And you don't use them. I don't know about you. I barely. No, I don't I, I think really I, use Unless I'm like, oh, I need to be at this area like now. In this last playthrough, I think I used it once. And I think I was just, I was just kind of annoyed that I missed a thing and it was far <laughs> away and I didn't want to swing all the way back. But the swinging mechanic is so fun that even though this map is pretty huge. Yeah, it's you, massive. You kind of don't want to fast travel. Like you enjoy swinging from place to place and part of that is that it makes it entertaining like the city has like a life to it in this game yes there's something going on everywhere it's not like those old like spider-man 2 where it's like yeah you have new york but if you go back and look at it it's like the city's kind of just like dead yeah this feels (laughs) very alive very real there's tons of side missions there's also like the backpacks and there's taking pictures of landmarks. Yeah, there's, there's like secret there's collectibles and like just a lot of little things to do while you're swinging around. You might and get distracted for like two hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then there's <laughs> all the, the fucking crimes. And the thing is, is like that puts you in the position of Spider-Man for a minute where you're like, okay, I have a place to be. Like I need to go over there, but there's a crime in like a block away. I need to stop it. What do I do? Like, do I go and stop it? And, you know, the game rewards you for doing crimes. It gives you tokens and you need the tokens for upgrades and all that stuff. But like you could ignore it, but are you a good Spider-Man if you ignore the crime? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that the, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 game actually kind of toys with, but to the point where it's annoying where you get penalized if you annoyed crimes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a little bit annoying. Again, in this one, you get rewarded. It's like, it's one of those things. Where like, and you have to I, do it. I get it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'd rather have the choice and not, you know, I don't want my gaming experience to be disrupted. Yeah, like pestering. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you have to stop that crime or, yeah, or else. Well, this one, sometimes if it's like a getaway type deal, it'll put on the screen like failed. (laughs) Does that annoy you? It's just kind of like, (laughs) like it hurts, you know, like I got to stop the guy. 
Oh, but I was saying with uh, the series of J. Jonah Jameson radio bits and <laughs> then also phone calls that he takes, those things yeah. entertain you while you swing. And I find myself like sometimes like I'm into his radio bit or I'm into the call. Yeah, it adds to the narrative and it builds on like this little world. Absolutely. Yeah. But like I'll, I'll find myself like getting distracted of like, oh, no, I wanted to go do this thing, but I want to hear what they're going to say, though. Yeah. So I don't want to swing there like too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to um, miss anything. And I think you pointed out to me that if you're swinging, his dialogue is more like exasperated and yep. like out of breath. Whereas if you were standing still, his dialogue switches to like regular. Like a regular conversation. Yeah. And another thing they do with the music with that is if you're just kind of just walking around the street or whatever, there's not really any like score playing. Yeah. Once yeah, yeah. you start swinging, that score the music kicks turns on. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it so cinematic because that's what would happen in a fucking movie. Yeah. But there are little things in this game that make it. And I was thinking about it. They're so simple. Like, it's so simple. Like, if you're swinging, there's like, okay, it's gonna we're going to play the script. All right, if he's moving, it's just going to switch over to a different track and then come back if you stop. Yeah. It's like the programming is very simple, but it makes it feel very realistic. It makes it feel really impressive, too. Yeah. Even though, again, it's, it's simple. It's simple, but it is something that they, you know, they put effort into it, though. Yeah. They wanted to make sure that this either sounded good or looked good or made sense, even. Yeah. And also, the J. Jonah Jameson bits, like, every time you do a mission, any mission, even, like, the side ones or, like, you stopped a crime and it was specific enough, he'll mention it on the radio a few hours later, I guess, in story. It's really immediately after you do it. Yeah. And it's so simple programming-wise. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, you do this, click, you know, he he says this in, in return when you start swinging again. Right. But... Something about that makes the world feel real that like you did something and now it's on the radio. It had an impact. Yeah. And you can also like there's a social media on the pause menu. You can go in and people are talking about yeah, the thing that you did. Yeah, you can scroll through that. Yeah. Again, very simple programming. Like, I don't know why I'm impressed. That's another thing but it's actually impressive. took from the Amazing Spider-Man games. Oh, really? <laughs> At least the first one. Like there's a little social media thing. It's almost like Twitter and you yeah, can just yeah, yeah. scroll through it. And, but people are talking about the thing you just did. Yeah. So it, I don't something about that just makes it the game feel more real, immersive. Mm -hmm. You know, ah, oh, it's so good. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Spider Man goes to a Fisk construction site that's been overtaken by the demons. He gets a call from Fisk, who agrees to give him information on the demons if he stops them and protects his people. Spider Man stops a helicopter before attending the rally honoring Jefferson Davis. There, Peter and MJ make dinner plans to discuss their investigation, and Mayor Osborne receives a threat before the demons attack. Explosions erupt that kill many and incapacitate Peter. Davis's son, Miles Morales, saves his mother but finds his father dead. At the funeral, Peter tries to offer a helping hand to Miles. We're introduced to Miles Morales at this point. And so early in the game, and I was so impressed that I was like, yeah. holy shit, like we're doing two Spider-Man right now or whatever? <laughs> like For a second, my very first time playing this, I'm like, did they kill Peter and like this is a Miles game? Yeah, and we're like... <laughs> two hours into gameplay like yeah. it's really early in the game yeah this was a kind of a heavy moment too and it comes quick when we get to the funeral jefferson davis's funeral it's this moment that i really appreciate the writing and the acting mm -hmm. in the game where you know peter just kind of goes out to like try to console miles like obviously he knows what it's like to lose parents uncles that kid's acting is just phenomenal right there yeah like he just lost his dad and peter's He's kind of short and rude back to Peter, but I mean, he's it makes devastated. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, that's what everyone says. It feels better, but that doesn't help me at all. Like, right. Like, what are you, 
Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and meanwhile, like Peter, like, like you said, he understands this and he wants to, I don't want to say he feels responsible for Miles, but like, he feels like he should like, at least be there for him because he sees somebody else in a situation that he was in. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's who Peter Parker is, that he feels responsible for everybody. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> it is a little bit of that, both Peter and Spider-Man thing, like, if he can't help, he needs to. Yeah. You know, and, and he learns that from Aunt May, who she's got a saying in this game, which was, I forget what it is, but it's like something about. Um, is it like if you help one person, you help everyone yeah. or something like that? If you can help someone, you need to. By the way, I think I found an Easter egg here. When the helicopter falls and he webs it up and it just like barely kind of hits the ground. Yeah. I think that's a direct reference to the Spider-Man teaser trailer that was released and then pulled because of 9-11. Was it because they showed the... um? Yep. They showed the Twin Towers. And I'll try to link it below. It's a teaser trailer for the 2002 movie. There's some bad guys in a helicopter. And they get webbed up between, be- between, the, the, between the two towers. Oh. And then it kind of pans out. And it's like Spider-Man next summer. That actually probably looked pretty cool, too. Oh, no. It's, it's actually <laughs> really cool. And the thing is, obviously, they cut it. Right. Uh, they, because... they pulled it from advertising after 9-11. Right. And Spider-Man is one of the hundred or so movies that were affected by 9-11. Yes. In terms of filming and shooting. Most movies didn't want to include images of the towers because they thought it was too soon. Right. Uh, and a lot of movies were pulling things like things that had like uh, fictional terrorist attacks. They're like, no, yeah. this is too real now. And it's one of those things where it's like, I get why they did it at the time, but like looking back, I wish stuff with the towers was still there. Yeah. Well, they reshot. So we could see them, you know? Yeah, they reshot a lot of like the aerial stuff, like the B footage. Yeah. To omit them from right. from the movie. Uh, something also similar happened with uh, a game we talked about earlier, Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro. The final mission was supposed to take place at the top of the Twin Towers. Oh, really? And the game actually released, and that was the final mission. And then I, I don't know if there was a recall or if they just stopped printing them, and they altered the ending. So it just takes place on a generic skyscraper. That's very interesting. So there are still copies out there where the last fight's on the top of the World Trade Center. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, one World Trade Center which people call Freedom Tower, but that's not its name. Um, <laughs> that is not in this game because uh, likeness rights. Buildings have likeness rights they just like people. <laughs> and a lot of times either the licensing rights to use a, like a famous iconic building in a game are expensive mm-hmm. or they just won't let them do it. So that's why this game has the Chrysler building. It has the Empire State building. It has the Sony building, which again, I don't think that's don't a big deal. I don't pay for that. Because it's Sony. Like, <laughs> like yeah, they own the building. Sony uh, produced this game. So All the bridges, at least all the major bridges, the ones that are recognizable, George Washington Bridge, Manhattan Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, all those are in the game. Statue of Liberty is in the game. But there's no Freedom Tower. That one's a generic yeah. building that looks actually very similar, <laughs> but it looks different enough to get away with it. Where's the Avengers Tower at? Uh, that's in like Upper East Side, oh. West Side, Upper East okay. Side. The did that replace a building or is no? That just there's a nothing. New building there's they nothing put there. there. Okay. That's that tall. There's no skyscrapers in that part of Manhattan, but in downtown is where One World Trade Center is. Okay, and that's replaced. I mean, it's in the same exact spot. I mean, relative to that Manhattan. <laughs> also, fun fact: although the Chrysler Building is in this game, it's not in Miles Morales because they uh, the ownership of the Chrysler Building changed hands. They didn't get the rights for it. So it's replaced by... I didn't by, notice that. <laughs> it's replaced by a very generic kind of squared building uh-huh. that looks nothing like the Chrysler Tower. And it's kind of a... It kind of sucks. 
Because it's yeah. it's like a top three building for New York City. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sucks that they weren't able to like get the rights to the building. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man goes after the demons, but is intercepted by Sable officers, and we meet Silver Sable. She and her team of mercenaries have been hired by Mayor Osborn to assist police in protecting the city from the demons. At feast, Peter snoops around Martin Lee's office and finds a secret room and surmises that he is the leader of the demons. Octavius is making big strides in their robot arms, but gets unreasonably angry at any failure. He reveals that he and Norman Osborn were once partners and founded Oscorp together, but split up for ethical differences in Norman's biological research. So here's our first uh, twist of the game. Martin Lee, who, yeah. who is like this good guy. He's, he's, you know, the leader of Feast. He's the leader of Feast. Yeah. You know, like his whole... A charity. His whole thing <laughs> is he helps people. Yeah. So And he's the supervillain. And <laughs> like the, anta- the oh main boy. antagonist <laughs> thus far. There is a very Spider-Man scene where... So like, you know, you're you're snooping around his office. You find a secret room. It's very protected like it's booby trapped essentially and then you exit through a door that obviously goes into that secret room and martin lee catches you and he's like peter what are you what are you doing like oh did you find what you were looking for in there you piece of shit like i'm like he knows immediately knows that he knows that he knows who he is now yeah and he's on to him he doesn't know he's spider-man he doesn't know he's spider-man but it's you know, like <laughs> it's not a far, it's not too far fetched to assume. So. Yeah, especially <laughs> after this, they start fighting more. Yeah, he uh, he kind of warns Peter to like stay away. Yeah, a very light threat, essentially. Yeah, because I think Martin Lee actually does kind of care about Peter Parker a little bit. I mean, maybe he cares about like, May. He doesn't want anything bad to happen, to him, yeah. but also he's like, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing though. So stay out of the way, and you'll be fine. Right. It's weird. It seems like a lot of Spider-Man villains are like that. They're like, I don't want to hurt you, but. <laughs> is this a scientist that turned into a tree? <laughs> no, nah, man, it's or just a tree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all Spider-Man's villains are essentially, they fit in a box. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and they're all very, um, to a point, uh, sympathetic, at least. Yeah, right. Having um, Doc Ock and Osborn as kind of like old buddies who are now like rivals. It is an interesting kind of twist on on their relationship, their their origins. Again, that we know of, like, Norman Osborn isn't the Green Goblin yet either. So you have both these characters. They're in front of you, and you're like, these are the two biggest Spider-Man's villains. And they're like, will they? Won't they? Like, when are they going to become their villains? You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was saying, like, Oscorp, which I'm, I'm not sure it's like this in any other No, I don't m- think it is. I medium. think it's Osborn's corporation yeah, and all the other. He says that Oscorp is named after them because Octavius and Osborn, they used to call them the O's. Yeah. O's Corp. Oscorp. But then shouldn't it just be called O's Corp? Doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, maybe it was. And then uh, once Octavius left, he's like, Oscorp, Osborn, it yeah. works. Mary Jane almost gets herself killed again by Tombstone. And she and Peter cook dinner together. They discuss Devil's Breath and decide to team up as partners in investigating the case. Spider-Man saves the Oscorp CFO in a fiery elevator shaft who leads him to a scientist at a Halloween party at Empire State University. The scientist, along with many others, are dressed up as Spidey and his rogues gallery of villains. Martin Lee and his demons arrive and Lee transforms into Mr. Negative. He corrupts the scientist into negativity and gets the information he needs, the name of the doctor who created Devil's Breath. 
Dr. Michaels, before having him kill himself. It's a little fucked up. This is the part where I'm like, this game's kind of dark. Yeah. We see a few people dressed up as the villains in here. Yeah. I think Lizard is one of the villains we see. Yeah, which means Lizard's pre-established. Yeah, Kurt Connors has become the Lizard at this point, Yeah, I assume. Not only that, this scientist, I forget his name, that you have to find here at the party is dressed up as a Lizard. That's right. We see Lizard. (laughs) I think we see Electro. But it's like, were you guys peers? Do you know the guy? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, like he was a... The lizard was a doctor. He was like a yeah. He's a doctor he a and a professor, and he was probably well known. Like was, at I, this university, I, <laughs> like that's I weird, was, right? Professor Connors, he's the lizard. I'm gonna dress up as him. Yeah, for but like, well, oh, it's funny now. Like, he's maybe probably, it's ironic because he's, he's in probably jail. dead or in jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they don't mention the lizard at all, other than here. So it's kind of like maybe he died. Like who knows? Yeah, and here you see. Um, you actually get a good look at what Martin Lee can actually do as Mr. Negative. Yeah, he so he touches people and he quote-unquote corrupts them. And they turn into like in negativity also, basically. Yeah. But later on, you learn how basically he controls them. He manipulates them from within. And he does it in a very timeless fashion. Like he, in like a split second, he is long form convinced you to do whatever right. it is he's, that you he's want. He's inside of your head talking to you. And, yeah. yeah. But in, in no time. Yeah. Uh, because later on, he does a Spider-Man, and they have a whole conversation, and it's all within a split second. While he's, like, hanging off the side of a truck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah making him making that guy kill himself. That, that was, was a bit much. That was fucked up, Lee. <laughs> God, Martin Lee, what are you doing? He's not original for this, right? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I, just, I don't think he was very popular. He's not a big, well-known villain. No, because Mr. Negative was a villain. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a fun mission, though. It was going around as you were going around as Peter, right? Well, you were like dressed oh, you're up. You're Spider Man. You're dressed up as Spider Man. But a lot of people are dressed yeah. up as Spider Man, so people just assume that like we you're were just dressed up. Well, when we played, we were the bombastic bag man. Oh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> just in a Fantastic Four costume with a yeah. paper bag over here. <laughs> Peter helps Octavius perfect the robot arms that behave more like expanding tentacles. He learns that Otto is sick with a disease and is losing control of his body. Spider-Man runs into Miles and gives him a boxing lesson and insists he goes to feast to volunteer. Mary Jane almost gets herself killed by sable guards <laughs> and discovers that the demons have the doctor and are planning to attack Grand Central Station. Spider-Man chases down Mr. Negative as they steal the devil's breath, which he now knows is a bioweapon accidentally created while trying to make a cure for genetic diseases. So... Mary Jane almost gets herself killed a lot. Well, every time I say that, it's because it's a Mary Jane mission. Which, if you're not playing this game, like, you have to play as Mary Jane every now and then. And she's always in situations <sighs> where she almost gets killed. It's so fucking annoying. They are <laughs> stealth missions where you just have to, like, do things to avoid people. Because if people and... find you, they kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and why the fuck Mary Jane's putting herself in so much danger all the time? I don't know. She thinks she's invincible. I don't remember why she goes to see Tombstone. Uh, it's something about they're they're using devil's breath as like a drug or something. I don't remember. And but she, yeah, she was like sneaking around his like bike shop or his garage. Yeah, yeah. they will fucking murder you. Like, Absolutely. why are you there? <laughs> like, sable guards, maybe not. They'll arrest you and they'll arrest you and probably harass you, maybe abuse you a little yeah. bit, and <laughs> rough you up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think they'll straight up murder you though. But Tombstone's gonna murder you. Like, you yeah. have no business there at all. Yeah. We get a little bit of, uh, like, sympathy for Otto here with his disease. 
Yeah, and you start to kind of see why he is so... Desperate. Yeah, he's desperate and he is making the easy decisions instead of... The right decisions. The right ones, yeah. He's go- he's taking the easy route a lot. And he's leaving Peter to clean up his mess because he's like, oh, we're going to do this. And Peter's like, wait, I have to fucking do all these puzzles in order for it to work. <laughs> Hang on, I have to do like 12 mini games first. <laughs> Here's where you see that like... His reach is going beyond what was original, which was like, we're going to do robot arms. We're going to fix, you know, people who lost limbs. And I was like, well, you know, what if the robot arm could actually extend like 10 feet? Wouldn't that be better? Yeah. Mary Jane almost gets herself killed in Grand Central Station as the demons take her and others hostage. They are there to steal a dispersion device to spread devil's breath. MJ and Spider-Man work together to take down the guards and drones and save civilians. Spider-Man fights Mr. Negative on a subway train, defeats him, and stops a runaway train. Lee is arrested and sent to the raft, a supermax prison for supervillains just adjacent to Rikers Island. Peter texts MJ that it's over, meaning the whole Martin Lee and Demon situation, but MJ misunderstands that he's talking about their relationship, whatever that currently is. She says she needs some time. That was actually a very good scene. Like when you text something and it doesn't quite like translate correctly. Yeah. He, cause he goes, it's over. He says it's over by the way. Yeah. By the way. And then he locks his phone. Then he swings to another building. He's like, wait, what the fuck did I say? And he's like, no. And and then like, yeah, she messages. She's like, oh, okay. There is something (laughs) so relatable about this scene. It's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. How like sometimes you text in a situation that you'd rather you shouldn't be texting in that situation. You should be like face If it's to face. an important conversation, it should be face to face. And there's a lot of like, oh God, like what do I say next? Like A lot of things to... can be misconstrued through text messages as well. Oh, yeah. Sable talks it. about this all the time. She I love says a lot of bit. people misunderstand your text messages. All the time. Mostly her. <laughs> if I don't add like 10 emojis and she thinks I'm mad. <laughs> no, I'm just, that's how I speak. <laughs> and uh, that train scene... Was obviously a reference oh, I love to that. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has to stop it. And he's like, he does the Spider-Man 2 thing. And it doesn't work. And he's like, God, that worked last time. <laughs> How's he end up stopping it? He pulls. So he makes sure that because he knows where he is. that Above him is like vacant. So he pulls the uh, right. the rails up and the train shoots out of the ground. Into nobody because yeah. Spider-Man doesn't do collateral damage. Well, well does, not does, people. Do you, he doesn't do collateral casualties. I skipped the part where... Um, that helicopter, like, he tried to ground the helicopter by attaching it to, like, a little, like, mobile office cart thing. And you know it, what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the helicopter ends up, like, taking it with it. And then it, like, destroys an entire, like, office building floor, <laughs> which cinematically looks amazing. Right. But, but also, like, that's a lot of, shit, that's a lot of damage. damage. Oh, my God. Yeah. He doesn't do collateral lives. Maybe uh, he is a menace. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's Maybe. <laughs> um spider-man the bad guy <laughs> and jay jonah jameson's like complaining about him the whole time it's like he's destroying everything i mean he's right about it's so that. entertaining though like again it makes swinging from place to place entertaining when jay jonah jameson is just like just ranting about you going on a tirade yeah if you don't know rikers island is a real place it's a real prison but the raft isn't <laughs> that's not a real place and uh in most marvel contacts it's not right there like it, very I visible think it, doesn't it move I think so. I think that's why they call it the raft. Yeah. It's not because it's such an eyesore. I think in, this in, game. in the MCU, it's just in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. It's yeah. like in the middle of nowhere. So, this very thing that's about to happen doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. This feels a little like the plot of The Amazing Spider Man with the disease 
and the dispersion device, and everyone's going to get it. A little bit. <laughs> just they're, just, a little... they're not going to turn to lizards. They're just going to die. Yeah. I'd prefer being a lizard, I think. I mean... Because they're such wonderful creatures. Maybe the lizard's right. Yeah, why Why wouldn't you want to be a lizard? Maybe we should all just be lizards. <laughs> you can't catch them. They're apex predators. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh. Peter returns to the lab to find Otto has foregone the robot arms as limb replacements and added giant arms to a jumpsuit in order to not just fix his, the human body, but enhance it. He celebrates with Peter, who helped fix the neural link issues. Peter finds that the arms are not ready and could be affecting his brain. Otto yells back that he's succeeded, but agrees when Peter talks him down to work out the bugs. As soon as Peter leaves, however, Otto plugs the arms back into his brain. So this is where it's like, it's starting. Yeah. And I mean, there was a phone call where it was a voicemail while you're swinging, where he has the revelation and he's like, why are we limiting ourselves to just like limb replacement? We could be enhancing regular people. Which sounds like there's good intentions yeah, there. It's a very dangerous slippery slope. There. Yes, that could very quickly go into um, unethical human experimentation and um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of big taboo subjects in the world of science. Yeah, <laughs> I sort of kind of mentioned this, but this whole time you keep waiting for him to become Doc Ock and you're like... When is it going to happen? It's so close, you know? Yeah. It almost feels like Hot Tub Time Machine. You know, where... You're waiting for... Um, that guy to lose his arm. to lose his arm. Yeah. Because <laughs> they go back... You, and, you know what's going to happen. You, you know what's going to happen. And and they're like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And he's like fucking like uh, uh, juggling chainsaws for some and reason. And that's not what does it. And then it doesn't do it. He's like, God, like, how's he going to do it? <laughs> like, when's it going to happen? Or, it was, or I guess like... To a lesser extent, because this wasn't as big of a payoff, but like when you find out how Nick Fury loses his eye in Captain Marvel, it's the same kind of idea. That one ends yeah. up being like a little joke, though. Whereas I feel like there was more excitement with the Hot Tub Time Machine, actually. The Hot Tub Time Machine, that was exciting. Because I'm like, how the fuck does he lose his arm? <laughs> you keep on waiting for it to happen. And then one of the characters is like, no, I'm not going to miss it. Like, hold on, it's going to happen. <laughs> and this isn't a prequel by any means. Obviously, this is a standalone thing. But also, like, we already know what's going to happen. So it happening isn't the interesting part. It's how it happens that it's the interesting yeah. part. And that's how you do a good prequel. Like, you know, you know Anakin becomes Darth Vader. That's well, not some interesting. Some people might not. Why are you spoiling it? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Again, him turning into Darth Vader isn't interesting. It's how do we get there. Yeah. That's the interesting part. And I still think the movies could have done it a little better. But I think it does those parts pretty well. What are you talking I, about? I think it does it a little quickly. It takes three movies. <sighs> Uh, all right that's a subject for another day clone wars makes it so much better all right sure <laughs> i can't argue that you need to watch it i've seen most of it i've got like two seasons left okay peter visits aunt may but sees on the news that the sable truck carrying devil's breath has been stolen again see this is a bit of a video game thing where it's like you did a thing and then it immediately gets undone it's like in a movie that probably wouldn't happen sometimes it does but people don't like when that happens. It's so. not good writing. It's not good storytelling <laughs> yeah. in a movie. In a video game, it works because it gives you something to do. It gives you more stuff to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yuri calls them that they have bigger problems. A coordinated attack on Riker's prison has released all the inmates, and they are trying to take over the island. Spider-Man fights his way through inmates, but then he and Yuri realize that Riker's was a diversion from the raft, where a giant surge of electricity reveals Electro has broken out and is releasing all the inmates there. 
Spider-Man chases Electro to the roof, where he's attacked by the Scorpion, the Vulture, Rhino, and Mr. Negative. Spider-Man is stung by Scorpion and defeated. Down for the count, four robotic tentacles appear, and Doc Ock issues Spider-Man a final warning to stay out of their way. The Sinister Six is formed. While Spider-Man is unconscious, Doc Ock descends onto Times Square and releases Devil's Breath. So this is where it happens. Right. <laughs> uh, Electro has that, you see, you know, he's got the star on his face as a scar. Yeah, that it's was a really cool, cool design, actually. Uh, I like his design. He's like bald. You can tell he's been in plenty of accidents and with when, electricity. And when he powers up, you see the electricity like on his face. On the scars, yeah. Yeah, like it like covers it up almost. That's pretty cool. Electro looks really cool in this game, actually. I'm going to go ahead and say I love all of these villains' designs. To the point where I'm like, these might be some of my favorite designs for these villains ever. Like, out of all yeah, Spider-Man they're like, things. They're, they have that, like, practical, grounded look to them, but they're also still, like, kind of fantastical. Like, Rhino, yeah. yeah, he's huge in a way no human can be, but his suit doesn't look like a stupid little, like, onesie. It looks like yeah. it's, like, grafted onto his body. It is, and it's still like it enhances kind him. of an exosuit in a little bit. Yeah, which is it's what mostly... Amazing Spider-Man 2 was trying to go for, but they went was too... It? They was went too it? far towards, like, <laughs> mech suit. Yeah. And we did see the... Because there was, like, a bodybuilder at the party, and he's dressed up as Rhino, and he's wearing the onesie. He's he wearing looks... the, the, the stupid onesie. Yeah, and he looks ridiculous. <laughs> and then this Rhino looks awesome. So... Yeah. Electro looks really cool, and it's like, you know, the Jamie Foxx No Way Home one is great, but that's also very specific to that movie. Yes. You know what I mean? Even Vulture. Vulture has never been cool until... Because he's always like an old man. That's his bit. Homecoming made him pretty cool. Until Homecoming. Yeah. But this... Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Sable's favorite. Sable's favorite. But (laughs) this took the more comic book version, and then... Has somehow made it cool. You know, it wasn't a huge reinvention of the character. No, but, like, it, but it was a cool-looking costume. Yeah. yeah. And he's still an old guy. He's very smart. He speaks more eloquently than everybody else, especially because they pair him up with fucking Electro, who's got, Electro, like, a Jersey who, accent. Yeah, and he, he calls him uh, V. He's like, all right, V, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's got, like, it's like a mechanical flying suit. He's got, uh, like, a breather apparatus that looks like a beak, but it still also still kind of looks like yeah, it's like an oxygen mask that and you would use was, if you're um, flying high, al- high altitude. This came out around the same time as Homecoming, or right before Homecoming. A year after. A year after Homecoming. Homecoming is 2017. Okay, but this was already in development. Yeah, and this would have all this probably would have like started development around the time as Amazing Spider-Man Two, actually. Maybe when they were still trying to do an Amazing yeah. Spider-Man three. So, and I don't know if they were trying to like pull stuff from movies. I mean, I'm sure they were like for inspiration and stuff. But I don't mm-hmm. think it was trying to tie into any movies. I think this was always going to be its own yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the Scorpion looks good too. I like it. Scorpion is cool. Yeah. I like Scorpion. A You're lot. a Scorpion stand. I like all. Scorpion a lot. But I think this game does just look very well. Yeah, and yeah. um, we'll talk about it later. But like his poison too. He has like different kinds of poison. Yeah. Because right now, it just knocks him out. Yeah. But later on, he gets stung, and he goes in a trip. Yeah, and then, like, apparently the trip will, like, eventually stop his heart or something. Like, he'll die if oh, he doesn't yeah, get help. Right. Again, something about this game, it's like, like, if you know Spider-Man, you know his rogues, you know all this stuff, and we mentioned it a bunch yeah. of times. But, like, I didn't expect it to go this hard. They pulled, uh, like, all the classics yeah, out. Yeah, like, three quarters into the game, you're fighting the Sinister Six. 
That's something mm-hmm. that I'd be like, all right, maybe it's a fa- the finale. Maybe it's for a sequel. Maybe they're going to build up to it after like three games or something. No, it's just like, boom, here it is. And it works. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> and a lot of the reason why it works is because he already has an established history yeah. with these characters. We don't have to, at least four of them. Yeah. We don't have to spend too much time on them. And we actually do learn a bit about them later on in a mission where you're sneaking around. You can like listen to like audio recordings where you find out that, oh yeah like how doc Ock got this team together yeah because he's helping them with their own problems right good stuff man yeah all around spider-man regains consciousness 24 hours later to a new york city that is completely infected with devil's breath the disease is running rampant citizens are masked coughing and weak signs say to stay home the island of manhattan is completely quarantined and sable international is implementing martial law Inmates from both the Raft and Rikers Prison are scattered throughout the city. Spider-Man has been named responsible for the attack by Mayor Osborne and is wanted by both police and Sable. This is all too real, by the way. This (laughs) was... Keep in mind, this came out in 2018. Yeah. Where, like, situations like this we didn't think would happen. And then it happened. And then it happened, and then... (laughs) turns out people react really fucking like poorly to this shit oh there's something later in the game that i'm like they wouldn't do this that. wouldn't happen and we know that firsthand we, that we, it wouldn't well, know we know happen. it now <laughs> right <laughs> but at the time you expect if this huge disease is running rampant through a city you, and they come up with a cure to... people would just be like yes give me the cure no 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 we know now that wouldn't happen <laughs> we'll get to it though <laughs> We'll get to it. <laughs> I love that this does feel like rock bottom right here, this part of the game. This is like borderline post-apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> and we should mention the map completely changes, which is kind of common in games now, I feel like. It's a thing done it's a, a lot more often now. It's a Zelda thing. Link to the Past. Link to the Past did it. I think like Final Fantasy VI did it too. Where the whole map is just kind of like... Like something happens and the whole map changes. Of, yeah. yeah. The thing is, in A Link to the Past, you can freely switch between them. Yeah. It's like the dark world and then, like, the regular world. I think in Final Fantasy VI, like, something, like, cataclysmic happens and it literally, like, changes the world. Oh, okay. Well, it's magic, so. Yeah. Ocarina of Time does this, too, with the, kind of, with the time travel. Yeah, a little bit. And it's similar to A Link in the Past. you go, like, seven years into the future and everything's, like, fucked. Everything's (laughs) fucked. Like, the... The entire town is dead. There's zombies walking around. Yeah. Like it's it's bad. Everyone's like the bad guy won basically. Yeah, everyone's hunkered down. Yeah. <laughs> God, that game's so good. I need to replay it. I should mention too. I thought this was really funny because my wife's name is Sable, and it's not a common name. When we met, she was like, "Oh, like I'm a comic book character. Like I'm a Spider-Man sort of villain." And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me more about it?" She's like, "Nope, nope. That's all I know. All I know is the name Silver, Silver Sable." And in this game, she's like a, you know, she right. plays a big role. She needs to play this game. At least watch it. That's what I said. We streamed like four or five straight weeks playing this yeah. game. And she could have been there for any of that. And there was, I think, two times you weren't there. And I'm like, come in yeah. and just sit in Birdo's like, seat. Nah. And just like, watch me play and we can talk about it. And it's... You can have commentary it. on it. Oh, yeah. Whatever. And she didn't want to do it. So... Like, That's nerd shit. That's yeah. not Spyro. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man tries to save Aunt May, Miles, and MJ from a burning building, but it's MJ that saves the day. She apologizes for wanting to be a hero and not the damsel in distress, and Spidey apologizes for making her feel helpless. Miles jumps in to ruin the moment. He's such a cock block. <laughs> the three of them form a plan. MJ will look for an anti-serum. Miles will watch Feast, 
and Spider-Man needs to clean up the entire city of inmates, aggressive Sable agents, and his six worst supervillains ever. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man finds Doc Ock's secret hideout, but falls into a trap. He's taken by Vulture and must fight both him and Electro simultaneously. In a dangerous fight, Spider-Man defeats them both. <laughs> this is a boy you were talking about that uh, he finds his hideout and he learned. That's where you listen to the recordings with all the. Yeah. And you find out that like Doc Ock was helping Electro become. Electro wants to become pure energy like he always does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his thing. Uh, he was helping Vulture. I guess Vulture has some sort of disease that he was helping him out with. Scorp- a lot of them are like their classic backstories. Yeah, Scorpion. He wanted to get him out of the suit. Is he in this? He's like What's stuck his in deal? it. He's really? Like stuck, I thought yeah. no, it's Rhino that's stuck in the suit. Rhino's stuck in the suit too. They're both stuck in their suits. Yeah, I don't really know that much about Scorpion. I'll be honest. Um. Well, one of the backstories of Scorpion is that like it was some sort of experiment that J. Jonah Jameson helped fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But were they like trying to make like an anti-Spider-Man and he got it bit was by something a scorpion? Like that. Yeah. I don't know if he got bit by a scorpion. He doesn't have he like did. powers. Most of his stuff's like suits. Oh yeah. But he like I mean Spider Man doesn't have like Jonah. web powers. You know what I mean? Like he created that. Right. But like Scorpion has like that it's like a robotic suit. McDonald Gargan. He was a private investigator hired by J. Jonah Jameson to learn how Peter Parker took pictures of Spider Man. In the following issue, Jameson decided to turn Gargan into a deadly adversary for Spider-Man <laughs> through a barely tested procedure, which left Gargan with an unremovable scorpion-themed armor and the predatory instincts of the arachnid. Yeah, so he has some scorpion powers. I guess, like, he's he's enhanced a bit. Yeah. Oh, in this game, Doc Ock uh, promises to clean off, like, his criminal record and pay off all of his financial debts. So, basically, uh... make him, like, a free man. Superhuman strength, speed, agility, reflexes, stamina, and durability. And can also scale walls. He also punches holes in walls as a way to climb. Uh, oh, so he, he just also... uses strength to climb, basically. Yeah, he's also exceptionally strong grip. The tail in the past has been equipped with projectile weapons. Spike out its tip, <laughs> which can squirt an acidic spray and a low-density plasma energy projector. Whoever wrote this is a huge nerd. <laughs> this is very specific <laughs> shit. <laughs> This is like Star Wars, like inside every ship detail, like kind of the thing. like the cross section books. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, right. there you go. And in the game, yeah, it's, uh, Rhino is stuck in a suit, and Doc Ock promises to help him out of the suit and basically not be the Rhino anymore because I guess the Rhino doesn't like being the Rhino. I don't remember what the burning building. Where did that come from? What was the source of that? Fire? I think that was Feast was on fire. It wasn't. It was like an apartment building. Really? Yeah. Or it could be the inmates that cause it. It could be literally anything. Yeah, there's inmates from all over the place. There's a lot of shit going on at this point. Every rooftop has a bunch of people with rocket launchers that I can see from a mile away. It don't make any sense. So dangerous. You, you're constantly <laughs> fighting during this yeah. part, by there's, the way. Like, there's, uh, there's armed escaped convicts from Rikers. There's a Sinister Six escaped from the raft. And there's, there's Sable, Sable so, agents. Yeah. Basically, like, locking yeah. the city down with... I like, mean, the demons still have, like, their... And the demons are still around. They're still around. And, like, regular, like, thugs are still around, too. Yeah, yeah I wish Kingpin was back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least it was organized. Bring back the organization and organized crime, at least. Like, come on. <laughs> Spider-Man goes after Scorpion, but is stung again. He hallucinates a falling New York City, giant scorpion tails attacking, and somehow creates a cure. Peter visits Aunt May, who is sicker than most. They are short on antibiotics, and Miles went to steal some from Sable. 
He almost gets killed by Rhino, but escapes and has to fight a few inmates with the skill Spider-Man taught him. Spider-Man arrives to fight both Rhino and Scorpion. He narrowly defeats both. So I didn't mention, but you do Miles missions too. And yeah. They're both sneaking around. But his are, he can like hack into things. With yeah, like he can hack phone. into things and like d- cause distractions. Yeah. Which MJ eventually gets that ability when Spider-Man gives her like a little gadget to use. Because he's like, hey, if you're going to be sneaking around, at least, you know, be careful. The part though, speaking of things that are like copied from Arkham, which <laughs> a lot of this game is sneaking around. The whole, when you go into like a base or hideout and you have to start like taking them out slowly while the others aren't looking. You can use yeah. distraction tactics. That's off of Arkham. And then, like, it'll eventually become, like, a brawl because yeah. you can only stealth take out so many enemies. Yeah, and that's more of a Spider-Man thing here where you can kind of basically ignore the stealth part if you want. It's not oh, like yeah, you can, you can just go in and start beating the shit out yeah, of everybody. Yeah, you can skip it. <laughs> in Arkham, absolutely not. Like, you have to do it the way that the game wants you to do it. Yeah, they're very strict with it. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. But this scene where you... The floor is lava, basically, like in the sky. Oh, there's like acid, yeah, like, flooding the city. Yeah, and... because he's tripping. That's an Arkham. Yeah, because Ar- Arkham Knight has the same bit where uh, like a disease comes out into the city, and it's like a fog, and so Batman has to stay above the fog, and because he can't fly, he traverses by gliding and ziplining, and then ziplining back up to a building, or grappling. Suit. Yeah, grappling up to a building. So you have to glide to a, a vantage point, then like go up to get altitude and then you can glide again yeah and then you gotta like dive and then get glide speed to, like, and yeah the physics for that are a little questionable but <laughs> but it is it, it's similar to this where it's kind of fun like it's fun traversing the city yeah and in, in the gotham in the arkham games i personally enjoy swinging more than gliding but in arkham knight you can also choose you can call a batmobile and just drive which yeah, is also fun but, eh, that's fun for a little bit there's too much batmobile in that game you think I like? I, uh, there's a the huge, Batmo- very, very large chunk of the game where you have to be in the Batmobile. How is that different from doing MJ and Miles missions? Because there's like only you like have four do- of those, and a lot of those tank missions are fun. I think they're fun. Okay, I, I think <laughs> we some of do, them are fun. We should do at least two Arkham games when we get to Batman. So uh, the parts where you have to stay above like the fog, or else you yeah. die, and then also like trippy sequences. That happens on Arkham all the time. It's too. very reminiscent of the Scarecrow sequences. Yeah, when he exactly instead of getting hit with scorpion poison, oh, you're hit with like fear gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not reminiscent. Completely stolen. Like oh, one, true. He even has like, like the giant version of Scorpion. It's you like have the giant version of Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, and they use it to like get a little bit of exposition out. Like you have to chase the characters, yeah. and you get into weird Here's fights. Here's the thing: it's it works weird. perfectly for both games, though. Yeah, I mean, and both characters. All I'm saying is it's stolen. I'm not saying it's bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's fine. Put it in every fucking game. It's great. I love it. Yeah, if it's but, if it's something good, use it. You know. I'm just saying they took it from Arkham. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure there was a game that had jumping before Mario perfected it. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> Mary Jane sneaks into Osborne's penthouse where she investigates the home she and Peter spent time in with Harry as children. She is suspicious of Harry's time in Europe and discovers a secret room, despite almost getting caught and killed as usual. 
She learned this was the hardest one, by the way. Oh, <laughs> we spent quite a bit of time on this. Yeah. <laughs> she learns that Harry never went to Europe to study, but that he is terminally ill, and Norman's been desperately trying to find the cure his whole life. She finds footage of the incident that created Mr. Negative when Martin Lee was just a child volunteering for experimental treatment for a disease from Osborne and Octavius. The incident killed both Lee's parents. She also releases a spider, like the one likely responsible for Spider-Man. Sable and her guards catch Mary Jane and corner her to the penthouse balcony where she jumps and hopes Spider-Man will catch her. He does, thank God. He even tells her to wait and not jump yet. Yeah, like, I'm not there yet. And she's like, well, you're out of time. Jumps off the building like, he can't get there any faster. He's not Superman. He's already going as fast as he can. Oh, that stressed me. I'm like, God, you're... You've been getting in the way too much. <laughs> uh, that footage of Martin Lee was uh, it was dark. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, I didn't realize this. I think while we were playing the game, but I noticed when I was watching it back, mm-hmm. Octavius is there, and I think it's implied that that's the incident that led that, to their breakup. Oh, I I picked that up. Yeah, yeah, because he just, he mentioned that like Norman was doing stuff that Octavius thought was unethical. And, right, that's, right. and he kind of left it at that when he was talking yeah. to Peter. And in the footage, he's like, you know, they start looking at Norman like, are you sure we should be doing this right now? And Norman's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, everything's fine. Meanwhile, like, Norman, like, he also has good intentions, but he's also a little biased and a little selfish because similar to what Octavius is doing right that's now. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, they're like mirrors the, of each other. What's the difference? Right. He, he has a biased goal and he's desperate to find cures to, like, different genetic diseases well, to cure Harry. Right. Norman just did it first. Yeah, but they're the same. Yeah, like, Octavius the same. is following the exact same path, which is... And that's why they hate it's, each it's other, It's kind of probably. poetic. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't mention Harry's mom is already dead from the same disease. From the same disease. Norman is just so desperate to save his son that he's yeah. willing to... I don't think he meant for anything bad to happen to Lee. No. But he rushed something that shouldn't yeah, have been yeah, rushed. Yeah. He took the easy way, and these were the consequences. Yeah. Mr. Negative takes Norman hostage. Sable and Spider-Man join forces to save him. Osborne begs Lee for forgiveness for the accident. Spider-Man stops Lee from killing Osborne, and they have a final confrontation. Lee unleashes a huge demon from within, but Spider-Man defeats him and takes the anti-serum. Octavia shows up and fights him for it. Doc Ock wins, takes the serum, and kidnaps Osborne, who is astonished to see his old friend turn into a supervillain. You gotta love that Spider-Man will always try to reason with his bad guys and make them see like the bad that they've caused you know yeah but like they're murderers he you know like but he, he still doesn't give up on them he always like believes that there's still some good in there that can yeah. come back and like maybe if anything he can convince them that you did the wrong thing like you're wrong but you can start doing the right but thing. you can start doing the right thing and it doesn't completely absolve you but at least you're on the right path right you know because he doesn't want to kill anybody it's just so, you know, Spider-Man's just so great, is all I'm saying. He, he's very earnest. Because I don't think that I would do that. I think if I was, if it was my job to take care of, like, a murderer, I might not have any compassion for them. You might kill him. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, this guy deserves we throw the book at him. Like, fuck it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, we're going to do what it takes. We're going to arrest him, and he's, yeah. and he's done. I don't have to talk to him. I don't care about them. I don't feel any sympathy. But... Spider-Man's not Spider-Man's like that. not like that. No, he he's so compassionate and he has seen Martin Lee kill people and he's still like But he's still like I know you're a good guy like, like you made feast like yeah, a bad guy doesn't do that. He's like can you just stop and like realize what you're doing is wrong like we can make this better right. together. You know? Uh, 
And he, obviously he does that with Octavius a little later on, too. Mm-hmm. But also Norman's responsible for all this, if you think all about it. All this happening, it does all come back to indirectly, but yes, it is his fault. Yeah. I love that he gets kidnapped by one person to just get kidnapped again from somebody else. <laughs> right. Um, Sable and Dr. Michaels take Spider-Man to feast to treat him. Oh, yeah, he's, like, badly injured. Oh, he's, um, like, dying. Yeah, he got beat the fuck up by Osborn. Or not Osborn, uh, Octavius. Octavius. MJ takes Peter to Aunt May, who is in critical condition and could go on any minute. Still severely injured, Spider-Man wants to defeat Doc Ock, and Mary Jane suggests, tongue-in-cheek, that he needs Peter Parker's help, who helped design the arms and could find a weakness. The spider that scared MJ back at Osborne's lab crawls off of her and finds its way to Miles and bites him. Spin-off. Sequel bait. That was a bit of a stretch. That it stayed on her that long? You see her like kind of like clean herself off of like the spider and then like i guess it was still on her and it stayed on her while she got like on the subway maybe it's an intelligent (laughs) spider that knows it's supposed to bite yeah this is like the kind of that that rock bottom moment right it's like about to die and shit can't get any worse than this (laughs) yeah spider-man returns to otto's lab and designs himself a new armor to fight doc ock similar to his arms you gotta kind of wave this off that he just built this armor, like mechanical armor, in minutes, hours. It's probably hours. Like, how much time does he have to spend on this? You know it, what I it mean? It was probably hours, realistically. <laughs> Atop Oscorp Tower, Doc Ock tries to get Norman to admit he sabotaged Otto's career, but he refuses. Doc Ock throws him off the tower. Spider-Man saves him and confronts Doc Ock. They have a thrilling fight in the rain, and Doc Ock reveals he knows Peter's identity. He says he can't let him win because this means too much to him. Spider-Man yells that it means more to him and knocks him off the roof. (laughs) They fight on the side of the building. Doc Ock stabs him and says he needs to learn to make the hardest decisions, to which Spider-Man agrees and rips a chip off his mentor's neck. He falls down, defeated, and accuses Peter of turning on him and begs for Peter's help to perfect the arms, going as far as threatening to reveal Spider-Man's identity. Peter refuses and collects the antiserum. Here's the thing. This whole sequence is actually, like, from the moment that uh, Peter finds out that Doc Ock knew he was Peter the whole time, yeah. it's kind of, like, heartbreaking. This is a movie, this cutscene. Yeah. It's incredible. And cutscenes have such a bad reputation in games to being like, mm-hmm. ah, whatever, it's just, like, story filler, like, it's boring, like, just skip it, whatever. This is a game where the cutscenes hit, and you want to put down the controller and just kind of be in it for a minute because it's so good yeah and like the hurt in like peter's voice when he finds out that like he already knew he was peter he's like and you still did all this yeah it's so good and there's this whole thing about like you know doc ock is saying like you are still kind of a child and that you aren't ready to make the tough decisions like I'm making a tough decision and doing all this bad stuff for the greater good he believes he's doing this for the greater good Right. Yeah. It is very selfish, but like he's still, you know, he thinks he's doing the right thing. And Peter's having this moment where he's sort of kind of growing up in a way because he's like, no, like I'm making the hard decision right now yeah. because he truly cares for Otto. He's his mentor. He's the person he looks up to the most. Yeah. Again, so many times he's been told you can get any other job. And he's like, this is where I need to be. This is where my heart is, you know, working with Otto. And yeah, he wanted he, to be him. He has to like punch you as hard as he can like he doesn't want to do that 
and he doesn't want to take this away from you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't want to betray you, even though you're accusing him of, of doing so. And put against a super hard situation, mm-hmm. Otto threatens to reveal Spider-Man's identity. And that's kind of what solidifies Peter being like, I'm not helping you. Well, because it, it kind of seemed like he was like thinking about it. Most people would be like, well, shit, that's a bargaining chip. And Peter's like, you do what you think is best. Yeah. Because his mind's made up. He's not he's helping like, he's you. He's like, I- I'm doing what I think is yeah. best. He's basically and like, he even says, if you reveal my even thing. Even if it hurts like hell. Yeah. He's like, if you reveal my identity, then so be it. But yeah. I'm going to do what's right right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And the voice acting is incredible. This is very, yes, it's very good acting. It's in, like, they sell it. Also, this level is not that hard. It's not about the fight. Like, no, it's, so, it's actually a pretty easy boss fight. Yeah, there's but so it's many about, other like, boss fights that are harder. It's about the narrative yeah. and like the conclusion of all that. Like, it's about the story more. And than I'm kind of glad the boss fight wasn't super hard because I always hate it when you get to like a um, conclusive battle or something in a game and it's supposed to be like epic and it just ends up being frustrating. Yeah, because it takes yeah. you out of it a little bit. Yeah, especially if you have to do it ten times. Yep. Then it's it, kinda it like, loses its Yeah. It, it it should be a one and done, and I think that that's why it's a little easier. Yeah. I think like just cinematically that's the better way to do it. Yeah. And you can make the argument that video games aren't cinema, but they they this are art. Is? They are <laughs> art and you can, you know, make that art however you want to. So Absolutely. Very well said. <laughs> Back at feast, Aunt May is moments from death. Dr. Michael says he needs a few hours to mass produce the antiserum in order to cure everyone. If they were to use the single dose they currently have to cure May, they wouldn't have enough to cure anyone else. He leaves Spider-Man to decide between saving his Aunt May or the rest of New York City. Aunt May asks Spider-Man to take off his mask because she knows Peter is underneath it. May reassures him that he knows what he needs to do. He contemplates putting the cure in her IV, but ultimately lets Aunt May die in the service of others. May is dead, but the city is cured. She is buried next to Uncle Ben. This part hurts. This is. Because he. Oh, stab in the he heart. He literally yeah. had the ability to save her right there, but it would have meant everybody else would die. Well, it's the ultimate Spider-Man dilemma. Yep. Do you service Spider-Man or Peter Parker? Mm-hmm. You cannot do both. No. Which is it, you know? And he's given this opportunity to save his Aunt May, take the selfish route. Right. But then maybe they can't save hundreds or yeah, thousands of people. Th- that's the only sample of the antiserum. Yeah. So they need to reproduce it. And if he uses it all, yeah. obviously they can't. And this goes all the way to the beginning of the movie. And that's where, see, I knew I was going to do this. The beginning of the game. The beginning where, of the movie. <laughs> where uh, at the very, the very first cutscene, he has to choose between paying rent or, or fucking being Spider-Man and, like, saving people. Fisk. And what does he choose? To be Spider-Man. Yeah, and he got evicted for it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the price he's willing to pay yeah. as Peter Parker. Yeah. He will always do the right thing. And he thing. never complains about it. No, he, he's going to take the punches. He's going to take the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. And here he is having to make an ultimate sacrifice. His Aunt May has to die in order for him to do the right thing. And Aunt May told him to do it. She, she's like, you know what you have to and do. And she's smart. She's known this whole time that you were Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he tries to play dumb. He's like, oh, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, hi, ma'am. I'm sure you're going to be all or you're going to be fine. And she's like, she's like, take the mask off. <laughs> you dumb fuck. <laughs> I'm dying here. I want to see my nephew before I die. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is heartbreaking. It also makes for a great story. It really does. It's one of those things where like 
There's consequences for everything that happens, good and bad. Yeah. Peter and MJ meet up for dinner. He's homeless for a week, so MJ offers for him to stay with her only if he wants to. And he says only if she wants to. She says she's never stopped wanting to, and they kiss. <laughs> Thank God it's not Willie Won't They anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like the language that they use. Like, it feels very it real. It feels real. Yeah, yeah. It, feels, it feels very real. Like, it's awkward in a realistic way. Yeah. Not a Tobey Maguire way. Right. right. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, in the first of two post credit scenes, Miles helps Peter move into his new apartment and asks if he could tell him a secret. He tells him weird things are happening to his body, and Peter gets awkwardly confused. Miles jumps on the ceiling and sticks, and Peter reciprocates, revealing they're both Spider-Men. In the second, Norman enters another secret room in his penthouse and reveals Harry has been in an incubator tube this whole time, suspended in a green liquid. Norman vows to find a cure to save him, and holds up his hand to the glass, where a black tendril holds back. Venom? Probably. It's a little bit confusing what's going on here. This is super interesting, because this game has established we're going to like pay the necessary homages to the classic versions of the characters, but Mm -hmm. we could do some reinventions also. Right. I could see Norman like finding the symbiote, realizing that like when it bonds with someone, it kind of has healing properties, and him being desperate enough... To use it on his son. But is he sick with the symbiote? Is that what's making him sick? Well, it's It's genetic, a genetic so... disease, but he seems to have the symbiote in there with him. I don't know. That might be purposeful, though. You think... Because here's another thing. The symbiote might be the treatment. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You think, like, he found the symbiote and is using that to treat Harry to keep him alive? And I'm thinking in the sequel, something's going to go wrong, obviously. So what does that mean for the characters of Green Goblin and Venom? Like the two Green main... Goblin can still Norman can still become Green Goblin. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like the two main Spider-Man villains that have been omitted from this are Green Goblin and the Venom. Yeah, right. And we know in the sequel, first of all, sequel bait Green Goblin. He's suspend. Yeah. He's in a super green liquid or whatever. And then we see the tendril. And then also there's a trailer now. Have you seen uh, the trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you I saw, saw the you saw Venom. I saw Venom. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, a, I mean, so we know a, Venom's in the it's sequel. It's a teaser. Like yeah. you see Venom for a second. Yeah. So who's who is what I'm saying. You know, like, is Venom going to be Eddie Brock? Is it going to be another character? Is Harry going to be Venom? Is Harry going to be Green Goblin? Is Norman going to be Green Goblin? I'm interested to find out. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's such a toss-up. Unlike this one where the whole time we're like, oh, my God, he's working for Doc Ock. He's working for Doc Ock. When does he become Doc Ock? It's going to happen. Right. Like, when's it going to happen? Doc Ock's, like, kind of a good guy up until a certain point. In this situation, we're like, no, anybody could be anybody. Yeah. we don't know who's Green Goblin. We don't know who's Venom. And that that is, I think, very intriguing. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's... I'm excited that it's not going to be, like, the usual... You know how every universe, like, has, like, oh, this character will always be this person. This character will always yeah. be... Yeah. When they change it up, I like that. Yeah. And, I mean, there hasn't been any other big changes. Like I said, there are interesting wrinkles in some of these characters, yeah. but they're still the same characters. MJ's yeah. MJ. And so so if Harry does end Rhino's up being Rhino. Venom, that's something that I'm totally on board with. I mean... I mean, what the fuck else is Harry Osborn doing? I mean, what if Harry's Green Goblin? I don't know. Like They could do that too, but... He's the one more likely to become Green Goblin because he's having all these experimental treatments done on him. And you think, like, it alters his mind or something. Yeah. But then we have another character with an altered mind. <laughs> Whereas I feel like Norman might actually have some motivation to become Green Goblin. He's already kind of a fucked up guy, you know? We also haven't been mentioning that, like, you sort of get to know Harry 
through those research uh, research things and he's like missions. he's a really good kid but they're just recordings that harry did before he left yeah he left them for specifically for, for peter right right because they're best friends it was very surprising because this whole time you're told peter's in europe or harry's in europe harry's in europe and then you find out like oh no harry's in europe because of he's sick and treatment or whatever and the very end it's like harry harry's not in europe he's here he was literally <laughs> here the whole time it was and all covered, just, and it was that was done really well. And too. he's like in suspended animation, yeah. like when it's revealed. Because even when it's revealed that he's sick, it makes you think he went to Europe to get some experimental right. treatment. He's with like some doctors. In exactly. Europe. Yeah. No, he's he's, he's in the closet. He's fucked <laughs> whole time. And what's funny too is like you spend a whole mission as MJ like snooping around that entire penthouse, and there's so many little details. Like she looks at all the picture frames and remembers. You know, being like with all Harry. all their memories and, together yeah. and stuff, yeah. And, and then, but you didn't find the closet with Harry no. in it. <laughs> and you see, like, the diary entry that Harry wrote. He even said in there, was like, hey, guys, you know, um, if you're reading this, then something bad probably happened. Because you weren't supposed to find that diary yeah. entry, obviously. Well, I think Harry thought he was going to Europe, too. Because you think he wrote that in the diary. I The way he wrote it, though, was like, oh, I'm going to Europe. Ha. Yeah, so, so like maybe he was in on it. Maybe too. he was in yeah. on it. He was like, "They're gonna put me Euro- in I'm going to Europe. They're gonna put me to sleep for two years, <laughs> or a summer, or whatever." Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be that long. Uh, Poor uh, Harry, because he seemed like such a good guy. Yeah, because in, in all the side things, missions, yeah. you're doing stuff that's like he's like, "Yeah, Oscorp stuff like is, is kind of bad for the environment." Like my mom did some research that yeah. might actually help out with it, and he wants to continue that because it seems like Harry and his mom are more environmentalists. Yes. Whereas and, Norman's more, um, well, here's the big thing. picture science guy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, you don't know if maybe Norman in his youth was also the same. It could have been. And he changed. And then his wife died. And so now he's more of a capitalist, you know, running for mayor, running for mayor, get as much power and money with the end game of curing Harry. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So it's like he has good intentions, but the fact that he's going to any length for it is right. The problem. To him is like the ends justify the means. Right. And we all know that never works out. <laughs> I'm excited for the sequel. Well, you need uh, to play the DLC and the spinoff first. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Are they going to release that on PS5 exclusive? Because that'd be bad. Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Probably. Fuck. It'll be, by the time it comes out, it'll be like three years since the console came out. If they made it multi-platform, they'd just be gimping the game. Well, you just make a less graphically intensive one. But then you got to change like the game mechanics to go with it, too. They don't. Yeah, you do. Spider-Man, uh, the the remaster one's exactly the same. It's because it's a remaster. That's all it is. Yeah, you just do that. They're not going to remaster the game for a sequel. They're going to build a whole new game specifically for the new console. It's the next generation. It's already been for a year. Oh, God. We're <laughs> fucked. We're going to get a PS5. The only thing is, and this has never happened before, is we have the shortage of consoles. Uh, and a lot of it's because of the pandemic <sighs> and crypto. Yeah. No, it's crypto's fault. <laughs> and <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, the world wasn't like this every other console generation. <laughs> I will eventually get a PS5, though, specifically for Spider-Man 2 and the remake of Night's Old Republic. The thing is, I only have a PS4 for Spider-Man. That's why I got this. And I got it used specifically because I couldn't justify well, I'll probably buying get a PS5 an entire before console. you do. Let's be realistic. Uh, you can bring it over and play Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, but I would play it first. God damn it. <laughs> All right, the analysis of this game, incredible, like amazing all around. It's hard to find criticisms, really. Like, this is a really good game. Yes, it's very polished. If you had a nitpick. 
The stealth missions. They're a little annoying. That's about it, though. The MJ missions. The MJ missions. Because I, I like stealth with Spider-Man. All the little gadgets, all the takedowns. Yeah, like the MJ, the missions where you're playing as a regular person, I get why they're there, like, narrative-wise. But they probably could have been cutscenes. Okay. But, I mean, even then, though, like, I, I, mean, they still, I beef, still like... They beef I, up the story they a little do, bit, you know? They do, because you can, like, pick up objects and get some lore for them, and I, I'm yeah. a sucker for that shit. I, so. The first time I played it in the Grand Central Station, I did all of the things. Uh, yeah, that's how I, I am watched, when I play, too. Yeah. I will go to every single interactable object yeah. and make sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> I played with that invisible field thing for a while. <laughs> that thing is cool. But we talked a lot about, obviously, the story and how kind of, like, overall cinematic the game is. That's why we're treating it like a movie in a lot of ways. We also mentioned, like, the swinging mechanic. I feel like they took all of those games, you know, the, the all the games we talked about in the background section and just said, like, What's the best thing out of all of these? Like, how do we perfect the swinging mechanic? Because yeah. all the other games tweaked with it and maybe added something that was unpopular. You mentioned, yeah. like, Amazing Spider-Man was like, it was the weird camera. And, like, even Spider-Man 2, it's like, you have to, like, go right and then left and then right, right and, then and then left. Which was and... probably the most realistic swinging out of all of them. But is that necessary in the game? You it's know, not necessary. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the game Skate? Yeah. Where... You had to use the stick to... Yes. At the time, the uh, skateboard video game market was completely owned by Tony Hawk. Yes. And Tony Hawk treats, like, mechanic-wise, it's kind of like a car. Like, it drives itself, and you can speed up, slow down, turn, do tricks. Press this button for this trick, this button for this trick. Right. Whereas skate was like, left joystick is your left foot, right joystick is your right foot. Fucking figure it out. (laughs) Which was... It was good for certain things. It, I will say a lot of people like the Skate series, and I do too. I had more fun with the Tony Hawk games, I and think. That's what though. I'm saying. So it's like there is a balance of like realism interactivity and... and realism, or at what point does it become work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like not fun. But this pulls from all those games, uh, including like Zipping, which was a thing from way back in those early games. The one from 2000 had web zipping. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you turn a direction, you can zip a little bit, and you can yeah. kind of keep zipping. I saw, I was watching someone play this game, and I'm like, they're doing it wrong. Because instead of swinging, they were zipping over all the buildings. And I was like, first of all, physically, that doesn't make sense. But like, <laughs> you're Spider-Man, like, swing through the buildings, that's the fun part. Probably just trying to go as quickly and efficiently as oh, possible. hate it, hate it. <laughs> but then the game is broken for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the um, immersion aspect of it. Like, I want to feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. Which the Arkham games made you feel like Batman. This game really does make you feel like Spider-Man. Well, that's the thing is like, you can't blame these games for being so popular. Not just this one, all the Spider-Man games. Because out of all superheroes, who would you most rather be? Like, vicariously. Spider-Man just has like one of the more fun skill sets to play around with. Exactly. Like, would you play a Cyclops game? Absolutely not. No, that sounds horrible. Boring as Cyclops is also a boring character. Fuck Scott <laughs> Summers. All right, maybe it was a bad example. I'm just saying, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Spider-Man, like, if you ask people, like, oh, like, pick a superpower, they'd be like, oh, like, flight. But, like, swinging is, like, a, probably a close second. It's not a power, though, technically. He wouldn't be able to do it if he wasn't super strong, but... No, obviously. <laughs> but, you, you know what I'm saying? That It's the yeah. Spider-Man experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you were to pick, like, a superhero skill set, Spider-Man is definitely up there. It might be number one for me, yeah. actually. Nobody wants to be Batman. Batman's a tortured individual. <laughs> like, 
I mean, the Arkham games are a lot of fun, but I'm just saying, like, you, you know, don't want to literally. Yeah, be Batman. just because yeah. Batman's my favorite character doesn't mean I want to. Spider Man's a pretty tortured guy too. I mean, yeah, in, in this game definitely, but like, he's fun, and you want to be Spider Man when you watch a Spider Man thing or when you play this game. You yeah, know? absolutely, and uh, and it's one of those things where like even like the hype around No Way Home when that came out, I'm like, I just want to like play a Spider Man game right now. Well, that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about the music? Oh. The score for this game is incredible. It's amazing. It has the right to contend with all the Spider-Man movie scores. Yes. And I was saying before we started the stream, you and I were just talking. I was saying, I think I like the main theme for this game better than the MCU mm-hmm. Spider-Man theme. And I love the MCU Spider-Man theme. The yeah, one by, uh, was it Michael? Uh, J. Kino, yeah. Yeah. I might agree with you. It's, it's really good. And this one was by the guy that did Daredevil. What was his name? I don't know. I just said it. John Pisano? He also did the score for the Daredevil Netflix show. And he did the score for The Defenders, too, which had a good score. It just wasn't as great of a show. <laughs> but yeah, I don't his remember theme, the score for that at all. His theme for this game is just, it's very good. It reminds me a lot of uh, the James Horner score from Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, it seems like there was some inspiration there from it. And that James Horner score, I think, is actually my favorite. That might top this. Yeah, I think I agree with you all the way. But just something about it feels very heroic. It feels very, like, uplifting and epic all at the same time. There's something about it It just works. All aspects of this really nail the Spider-Man character, including the music. Especially the way it starts to, like, swell when when you start swinging. Mm-hmm. Like, the music just starts swelling, like, when you, like, dive off a building or when you swing. When you're doing anything that's, like, very Spider-Man-like. Yeah. It's like the game knows and the music kicks on. Yeah, and then you're living the movie. Like, that's yeah. what you're doing. And, and if that's it were something a that movie, this does, you know? this game does incredibly well. Not only just, like, the timing with it, but just, like, the way it sounds, too. Like, it's just, it's good music all around. I talked about it a little bit about the kind of the world building of this universe. Mm-hmm. There are actually tie-in comics and novels to this specifically. I think there's like a prequel. There's a prequel novel. I know of the prequel novel. I haven't read it. I know there's also a tie-in comic. I haven't read that either. It might be on Marvel Unlimited. We might be able to find it. We could probably very easily find it. <laughs> it's definitely there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that world, like, it's interesting that they do that. I'm curious to see what they actually add to the world. Now, I'm sure yeah. it's specific to the character of Spider-Man. But now that you mentioned world building, like, there's also, like, we know that other heroes exist in this universe because Avengers yes. Tower is in New York City. I really hope they do something more with this. Yeah. But specifically the landmark kind of side mission-y mm-hmm. thing you do where you, you collect yeah, tokens by taking pictures see, of landmarks. You see, like, Nelson and Murdoch. Yes. Out all. You see Alias Investigations. Yeah. All that's in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. There's the Sanctum Samtorum is yep. in the game. Obviously, there's Avengers Tower, which is... Way too large. It's uh, but huge. it's there. <laughs> Tony Stark probably designed it. <laughs> it's three times taller than the one in the movie, by the way. Like it's yeah, really it's big. Massive. I think it's the tallest building in the game. Like it's taller than like the fake Freedom Tower. Yeah. Maybe. Bigger oh. than Empire State Building. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is in this game? Uh there's a statue of Lockjaw. Oh, yeah. Which is very interesting because that's not a well-known character. He replaces the bull in downtown in the financial district. <laughs> um, there are secret photo ops, too, which brings up a ton more, like, fun little things. 
there's graffiti all over town of different things of like all the villains have graffiti yeah. like artwork on walls there's a graffiti of j jonah jameson dressed as a baby <laughs> it's like a caricature it's awesome like there's great little things like that there's also we didn't mention there's a whole black cat little side story little findables side yeah. story plus then like there's her dlc mm-hmm. i think in addition to all those things that you can like kind of find and discover all the little discoverables the way new york is laid out is kind of amazing it's like a real city in the game yes and it's so easy to just swing hundreds of feet up in the air and ignore it all. But if you just, like, go on the ground and just walk a few city blocks, I look at it, I'm like, There's different how did shops. they do this? There's, yeah, yeah, every road seems unique. And I'm not sure if they are. Like, I'll look at a building, and I'm like, you know, it'll be like this restaurant. And it looks like a unique location. I'm like, there has to be at least five more of these, right? Like, there's no way they just designed this for just this one little unit of space in the game. And there's a million more of these. Yeah. You know? And I I think I've seen a couple of the same bank. Like, some assets are going to be reused just for the sake of time. No, but but I'm saying it's so detailed that, like, it's hard to find. It's it's actually hard to find. Because, like, yeah, there are times where you can look inside buildings, especially in the PS4 version, and you see the same room over and over. Yeah. And you completely understand that. There's no reason why they would ever need to animate. It's all an algorithm, too. The room is different when you come back and look at it. Maybe. It, just, it like, shuffles between. Yeah. All that doesn't need to be rendering all the time. But anyway, you don't get the same feeling when you're on the ground. You feel like everything is unique and was put there purposefully. And when you're in Chinatown, there's a lot of Chinatown stuff. Yeah. You go to Hell's Kitchen, everything's going to beat up and shit. You know, you go to Midtown, everything's nice. The Upper the, West Side is the super different, nice. The different neighborhoods actually have, like, a different life to them. Yeah. It's yeah. not just a border, like, oh, I've crossed into this neighborhood. You can tell you're in a different neighborhood. <laughs> it's just such an immersive game. And, and I think one of my favorite parts is you can change the weather after you beat the game. Yeah. Which is really fun because, like, the city looks really pretty in the sunset. But then it's fun in nighttime, you know? Yeah. And wearing the Amazing Spider-Man suit's great at night. Oh, my God. And then all the suits. Yeah. So many. Oh, my God. There's so many. There's at least, like, 40 And there's or some you haven't even seen yet because they're in the DLC I'm... only. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that now. I, I know there's a couple that are PS5 exclusives. Yeah. The, like I the, think most of like the No Way, Way Home, Home stuff is PS5 exclusive. Makes me yeah. so angry because I want that suit. <laughs> but I did love, as these movies were coming out, they were adding these suits in. Like, the, I think Homecoming suit was already in the game. But then the Far From Home suits, those were added. Yeah, they added, the, the, like, the stealth suit, which is the Night Monkey suit. Yeah. And, and his and suit that he suit. actually makes yeah. with, like, the black and the red. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Iron Spider, that was probably... That was in... That was part of Infinity the... Infinity War, though. So, who knows? Was Infinity, I don't know when They showed dropped. at the end of Homecoming. Yeah, but I don't know when they dropped that one. Because then it had it, all it, the... It came out with the game. Okay. I, the game came out the same year as Infinity War, actually. 2018. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if it came out at the same exact time, but it comes with the spider arms and everything. There's a classic suit that's kind of cartoony because it's supposed to be like the comic book suit. Yeah. Love that one. It's a really good looking suit. It looks really weird when you're standing next to yeah. other characters. Or like in a cut scene. Like it looks like, like you don't belong. Yeah. Uh, there's a spirit spider. Oh, yeah. Scarlet spider suit. There's a few of the spider armor suits. But yeah, there's a plethora of suits to choose from. A lot of them actually come with abilities that you can swap out to. Yeah. My so. new favorite ability is quips. <laughs> because it's just kind of like, oh, new quips I haven't heard. Yeah, and, and if like, you're good enough at the game, you don't need an you don't, armor ability. Once so. you're yeah, once you're like level 50 or whatever, it's like, I 
It, if I'm about to die, I'll, all right, I'll switch to Web Blossom real quick. <laughs> but otherwise, just go equips. Yeah. There's probably a million other games that do this, but I'm reminded more of Arkham with the upgradables that you slowly get to like unlock. Oh, and like you upgrade your gadgets and, and your yeah. techniques. That was very Arkham. And I feel it does it better than Arkham in this way because Arkham, like, for example, in Arkham City, you start out pretty bare bones. And then, like, you unlock a bunch of shit. By the end of the game, you're amazing. And then by the sequel to that game, you're bare bones again. You yeah, know what I mean, and then in Origins, which is a prequel, you get stuff that you didn't have in the future. So it's kind of like and stuff that's Batman like way doing? better. Yeah, but it's just a product of it being a game that was made later, and they're right. like, this would be cool to add. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas in this, it's kind of like, well, first of all, it's the first Spider-Man yeah. game, but like he's kind of rediscovering a lot of things. He's creating new gadgets as he goes. Yeah, a lot. A lot of those gadgets I just didn't use, like Web Bomb and Impact Web, but like. They probably should have. They were very useful. I never really used them either, but, like, I've seen people do some, like, fun stuff with them. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't my play style. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. You don't have to play a certain way. No, you can, you can do whatever the, the hell you want. you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, I don't sneak at all. I swing right into the crime and start beating the shit out of people. You swing into the middle of the crowd, and everyone and just, just starts, like, punching. everyone just starts attacking you at once. I'm like, what the fuck and are you doing? And I do? always make it out. <laughs> but you could have just, it seems risky, and you could have just gone around. You could have started from a, a small batch of people, and you could have done some stuff. I'm role-playing a more aggressive Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Stop pulling my punches. You just, you still want to be Andrew Garfield. I want to be Andrew saying. Garfield. I just swing in there and start beating them up. They Whoa. shoot missiles at me, I throw them back. Yeah. <laughs> I love all of the finishers in this game. They're kind of brutal. First of all, they're incredibly brutal. And we joked around a lot while we were playing this game. I'm like, all these people are dead. Like That guy's no, neck is broken. There's that guy no way. got thrown off a building. Yeah, like, there's no way people are surviving this shit. Like, this is, this no. is bullshit. But in canon, Spider-Man probably didn't do that stuff. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. us playing. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not only are they super aggressive, they're just really choreographed very well. Yes. And they're really fun to and do. And they use one of the moves in No Way Home. Yeah. I think they used a couple. We talked about it in yeah. our No Way Home review. Where he, like, he uses the webs and shoots them at the ground and, and uses it to like, propel himself. himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. To get like a, I guess a harder kick in. Yeah, good stuff. I think that's all I got. It's and, like all I have, to I have say like nothing about this but game. praise too. So it's really hard to nitpick anything. I'm mm. really hard pressed to find. And, I, and there's a part in the game where you find a scientist, you find a person, you save him, who just takes you to a scientist, who just takes you to another scientist, and he tells you takes you to the thing, which then immediately gets lost, and then you gotta get the thing back. No. All that stuff is very video gamey. You know, it just gives you right. stuff to do. In a, in a movie, in a regular narrative, that's... That would have been cut That's in, bad. Like a movie. That's yeah. just badly written stuff. But, yeah, final thoughts? Man, this is a top game. One of the top games you've ever played, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I've loved Spider-Man games ever since the N64 one. The movie tie-in ones. And there have been times when I've been itching for a Spider-Man game... And I wish I knew you to tell me which ones were the good ones and which ones were the bad <laughs> ones. Because I bought Amazing Spider-Man. I was like, I played a couple levels. I was like, yeah, it's fine. But it's, I, I don't know, it's not doing it for it me. It probably wasn't know? the right time to jump back in. <laughs> yeah, it, right. I told myself for a long time I didn't need this game because I didn't want to spend $400 on a PlayStation just right. to play Spider-Man. When I wasn't playing a whole lot of games. So like it didn't justify me owning a brand new console. Yeah. You know? 
I ended up doing it. I ended up buying it used for about half its original value. So like, I, I feel like I got a good deal. And then I took a big break because I was playing this game. And then unfortunately, like my dog passed and it happened while I was, she was old and she lived a very good life. She went out very peacefully. I should just say that, <laughs> but it happened while I was playing this game. So like I got home from the vet and we had put her down and like the game was still on. And, you're and like, I was like, I don't really want I'm it. like, I can't. I, I tried playing it again like a couple days later. I'm like, this is, I can't do you, this. You weren't feeling it. Yeah. Like yeah. this is tied in with a bunch of like bad experience now. And like that was two years ago. So then when we said like, hey, we should play this game. I'm like, I actually want to finish it now. Like I've, I've moved past that you're, now. You're reinvigorated. Yeah. And I'm like, I can disassociate this game with like that very traumatic experience. Right. You know, and so it was very satisfying <laughs> to play this game from the beginning and then finish it finally and, and see the end of this incredible story. And it's good to know that the story isn't quite over yet, too. Yeah. And I'm glad they take their time because we were just looking at that list and some of those games are like year after year, year after year. And it's like, OK, well, how good do you think the game's going to be if you just you know, knock it out that next oh, year. It definitely suffers in quality. Yeah. yeah. Take your time, make a great sequel. In the meantime, you know, there's three DLCs. There's the Miles Morales uh, game. Like they're still yeah. entertaining you. The game is very dense. You could play it for a million hours and still have fun. Yeah. hundred percent of this game takes some time. So yeah. And I'm going to do it, <laughs> but I have this problem where like, as soon as I finish a game, I lose interest in it. That's why I purposefully try to do as much as I can without beating right. it. And the product of that is that I, I barely beat any games. All right. Do you have any final thoughts? Get this game. Buy this game. Play this game. Like, you need to experience it. If you don't have a PS4 or a PS5, find one. Find one. <laughs> Dumpster die for PS4s. <laughs> Sony's been putting a lot of their games on PC lately, but I don't think they're going to put this one on PC. They wouldn't dare. No. and It's, I, it's and, too much of a cash cow for their yeah, console. And I really thought... I was like, oh, maybe in like three years after release, it'll be on PC. Well, when I didn't want to buy a PlayStation. They just put God of War on PC. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So it's like, maybe there's still hope, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime no, soon. This is Spider-Man. Don't forget that for a long time. Sony pays a lot of money to make people think they own the rights to all of Spider-Man. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> right. They don't own the video game rights. No, they but just... They, they just pretend like they do by right. by snatching it. By paying a lot of money. Yeah. So um, they just own the studio that made this game. Don't forget also that they use like the fonts from Spider-Man in like PlayStation. Yeah. Like the PS3's font was taken directly from Spider-Man. Well, because honestly, it's the biggest property that they have any rights to. I think so they just gonna, liked it. Well, <laughs> like they, they liked probably the liked it too. But also they're going to milk it for all it has. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, guys. Well, that is it for Marvel's Spider-Man, the video game. This is the first video game episode we did. How do you think we did? Was this fun? I are liked gonna, it. Are we going to do more of these? I don't mind doing it. We, I, I, It's one of those things where like, we started doing it, and I'm like, we have a lot to say about these video games. Like, It's a big chunk of our childhood, I guess. Should it be like a separate thing? Like no, games we're... from PC... No, no, no. This is just a video game series. We're not going to get complicated. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so no Phantom Zone. So, guys, we will be back next week. Birdo, what movie are we doing next? Catwoman, starring Halle Berry. That's right. Catwoman 2004, known to be one of the worst comic book movies ever made. Known to be one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, apparently it's it, uh, worse than Elektra, and we hated that yeah, movie. Yeah, it has... 
one of the worst reputations ever. Is it worse than Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? But pff, we'll find out. <laughs> um, so we are kind of trying to get ready for the Batman. We can also watch The Dark Knight Rises. We cannot do that, Birdo. We can watch it on our own time and not talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so that's available on HBO Max right now. Um, and it should be for forever, hopefully. HBO Max is weird sometimes. So if you want to watch that movie, I guess. If you want to watch that movie, you can. No one's making you. We're making ourselves do it. If not, then just hear us talking about it. Most people have seen that movie anyway. I feel... <laughs> Younger people might not have. <laughs> Patience Phillips, that's her name. That's Did you not know, a real person. I know. Did you know this that Catwoman movie was originally a spinoff for Batman Returns? It was supposed to be Michelle Pfeiffer's movie. I feel like that would have been better. Probably, because she did a really good At job. At least she was a character. <laughs> yeah. And then it evolved so much that they just kind of retooled it into this garbage. It's well, like there's like supernatural shit in this movie too, it's right? It's like a so cat god. Weird. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> this is what we do best is bad oh, shit. Oh man. The worse and the cringier the better, right? Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing uh, on your podcast app. Thank you to that piano dude for a musical intro. Make sure you leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else that you can leave a, a rating or review. Please tell a friend. And if you've told a friend, thank you so much for telling that friend. Word of mouth. That's how we get into people's ears. Yes. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. And you can find us to argue with us on Twitter at Films from PZ. Uh, you can find us at TikTok at <laughs> Films from PZ. And you can listen to all these episodes on YouTube at Films from the Phantom Zone. If you would prefer listening to podcasts on a browser while you work from home, whatever it is you do, hey, that is an option. We are there as well. We record all these episodes live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash filmfrompz. If you like the show, you want to be a part of the show, you want to be here with us while we talk about this, that is absolutely possible. You can hang out with us on chat, on stream, live. It's not the same experience. No, we, we mess up a lot. We've taken a lot of breaks, talking to people on the chat a lot, and all that gets cleaned up and polished by the final episode. But, you know, if you bring up a good point, you'll probably get name dropped. And if you've heard us talking to people on the chat, name dropping, those are people that are here live with us hanging out. You can do that. That's most Monday nights at 8 o'clock on twitch.tv slash PZ. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon, Films from the Phantom Zone. And other than that, covered everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, that's our usual so, yep, that's, outro. That's how it goes. So <laughs> we will see you guys next time with Catwoman again on HBO Max. And goodbye. Goodbye.